Hello, 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 brother. Good morning, buddy. How Gemma? you doing? So you're trying I'm... to organize a, a party? <laughs> well, no, no, it's just a, it's just us, just to get together. Labor Day weekend. I, I go, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's probably not going to happen, but <laughs> I saw the uh, the message and I see the, the the a video and I'm like, oh, okay, I recognize that. He's posted something. I automatically go to Instagram, TikTok. I'm I'm fucking liking and duetting everything. I'm like, okay, I did my job. I, uh, he posted a video, and now I've done my responsible thing. I've, I've done uh, the fucking social media. Done. <laughs> and then you're like, uh, hello? <laughs> like, what, 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 what did I not do? Oh, my God, it's an invite to a fucking barbecue in, hidden inside one of our fucking previous videos. I'm like, that's hilarious. I, I did not recognize it, but for the good reasons. I don't know if that makes any sense. So funny. Uh, I had a feeling I was going to catch a couple of you off the bat. <laughs> I had no idea. Wicked. Very good. So, yes, we're in. I can't wait. I, I got things to bring you, man. I got the Sean Boots EP to bring you. I got a bottle of something to bring you. I got an empty bottle of something to bring you. From when you cool. gave me the homebrew wine, I got that big jug. Cool. This morning there, you were out jogging. How was the jog? Here, it's like 180 degrees already. It's awesome. I'm fucking, I'm such a snowbird in the making, man. I hundred percent can only subside in temperatures above 22. Like I don't enjoy anything colder than that. So when it's really hot, it's almost like it's normal. I, I have like, I don't know, I must have Moroccan blood or something. I, I feel like I have to be in ludicrous heat, ludicrous no. speed or ludicrous heat, whichever comes first. <laughs> it's raining up until like an hour ago and then the sun came out it was like oh christ yeah nice little sprinkle how's the patio everything's still working out your uh your gazebo didn't uh crack in no, on you everything's cool everything's cool there's always work to do but who the fuck cares i i, I just scrapped an hour's worth of mixing <laughs> oh no like the gone or uh no, no, I, I fuck this shit. Don't say. Oh, okay, okay. It's not like you lost the song or something. Like, fuck, no. not one of the leads, man. Holy shit. Oh, okay, no. yeah. just not happy. I understand. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that feeling, hundred <laughs> percent. I can fucking uh, sympathize with you, bro. <laughs> It'll only uh, get better. It'll only get better. Lots of Uncle Fubar stuff coming, man. It's going to be great. I, I, uh, hey. I know it's not fun when you have that bad mix day, but. Yeah, but the other part of it is the two that I, I worked on, I'm like, okay, I think those are good. I go check. I didn't upload I didn't upload them to the Dropbox. Oh, fuck, I can't listen to them now. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what? I didn't do that. I didn't. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Technology, man. It's our fucking uh, savior and our uh, nightmare all at the same time, right? Well, maybe this will cheer you up. I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I, I have you to thank. I have you to thank. Um, we're, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my uh, live streams, uh, the Twitch uh, and Reddit stuff that I'm doing with the tiny T-Bows, meaning uh, T-Bow and the All-Star Cons, and the acoustic version, which is T-Bow and the Echoes. So all oh. of that live streaming stuff, which is every week, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's mm-hmm. a schedule on my music page. Anyone who's curious to check it out. But... I'm thinking about the pub rock sessions. I'm really working hard now on getting as much more material into that. Cause that is like the cake. The rest of yeah. it's all just fluff. Even doing the originals, like PRS version, you know, like the green screen version of the originals, that's fun, but it's not the, the reason for that. The reason for it is to attract people to come and check out the show 
when it's happening, it's a pub rock show. And yeah. so I'm thinking really hard about stuff to add. And I'm very careful. I don't do more than one song per band because I, I don't have time. I have to fucking try and hit all the bands. That's why I've been listening to Deep Purple, been listening to Stones and The Doors and Led Zeppelin and whatever, <laughs> like, and not being afraid to try shit. And so it occurred to me, fucking square in the face, how can I fucking do this without doing a song by the Beatles? I have to do a Beatles song. It's on your fucking poster every session that we do an interview or a T-bar. It's right there. My best bro. I'm not doing Beatles. I'm not fucking doing credit to the fucking whole system of this PRS. So I chose a Beatles tune. Can you guess? There's so many, like a million to choose from. Give me a hint. Give me one of the eras. How's that? When we were talking to one of our previous guests, we alluded to a very important lyric at the, at the, near the conclusion of this song that I've chosen. Wow. Are you serious? Where she said it's on a tattoo on her oh arm because serious? I'm, I'm talking about the lipstick tomboy. She said there's a lyric yeah. from one of Beatles the, song. The, the love you make is equal to the love you take. You're crazy. You want to do that one? That's the one I'm doing. I got it on fucking replay on the fucking laptop over there. And over and over, I'm going to nail this song, man. Are you going to be my dream tonight? Yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. I get a fucking body buzz thinking about doing it. I'll do it the best that I can. I'm never going to do it justice, but I'm going to do it tribute. That's the whole point of these, right? So, yeah, doing, doing the end. By the Beatles. That's going to be next on the list. The cool part is, wow. Well, yeah, it's uh, when he, well, you're not going to do Golden Slumbers, though. No, you're just doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a two minute song. It's two and a half minutes. It's like super fast, but uh, it's, it's about doing it justice. And in picking a song, I had to go through the journey of listening to a bunch of fucking Beatles songs. I'm feeling so nostalgic and so thankful about everything right now. Like you're talking about having a crappy day mixing and I get that. And I've been in those days many times. And right now I'm in like the opposite of that. I just feel like the world is amazing. And you know, it's like the sky's the limit. I I'm in that headspace right now. (laughs) So I wanted to share that with you, man. It's all because of you. So uh, you've inspired me to make pub rock sessions, a better show, bro. (laughs) I had thought of, for you for for when you eventually get around to doing that 60s moment yeah it was start with sergeant pepper's uh, lonely arctical blend great one great one more, you know i uh, yeah. i listened to everything i was listening to the white album i'm listening to rubber soul i'm like you would have been so proud of me bro i was it was a beatles morning i spent all morning just like being uh, <laughs> amazed by the beatles <laughs> yeah every once in a while you're like wait a second did i just hear what i think i heard holy fuck yeah 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 <laughs> And the incredible video work, like all the different things that they do to make it scary and weird. And, oh, fuck. I just want to go to London right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Every once in a while, when I pick one of their, like, obscure songs and I listen to it, I'm like, this is the simplest song in the world. And yet, it's so complex. I mean, you just, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. The Beatles. Every song, every picture, every video. It's craziness, craziness. So, yeah. That, and, I mean, as far as the live stuff is concerned, if you, the, the schedule is on the website for anyone who's interested in checking it out. But it's also, uh, it's re- really getting me back to thinking about the originals. And I've tweaked my schedule so much now. It's I'm, I feel like every day I'm streamlining how I can get stuff done in a day, in a week. And especially with the back-to-work protocol coming, it's really forced me to think about a lot of yeah, things yeah. rationally, you know? 
start date? Did they give you a start date? I'm going to be going back to the office physically one or two days a week in October and still working from home most of the time. It's, it's like super, like, it's very reasonable. It's very reasonable. So all things considered, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of fucking work in the next few weeks, originals and otherwise. So lots to, lots to fucking look forward to. There's no doubt about that. And I got an, on our tea bar this Friday. If you haven't already checked this out, on Friday nights, Enzo and I are live at 9 p.m. every single Friday, Eastern Standard Time, on Twitch, doing the tea bar craziness of uh, whatever fucking comes to mind. So I do have, I mean, it's not a, no, you've already done one of these, so I have a reveal of my own for something to, to show you on Friday. Uh, which is just a work in progress, as you already know about, but it won't be a surprise, but at least I got something. Now, whenever, instead of mentioning an intro, I save the package, <laughs> you know, so I can open it up on Friday nights. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. What about you, man? Tell me tell me what's going on in Uncle Fubar's world. Well, that's it. I was working on that. I was uh, writing my screenplay and... Uh... <laughs> Right on. Good on you, man. Good on you. And what an epic fucking screenplay it will be, man. I was, I was, um, because you know me, I, ha- I have to know where I'm going. I was working on a couple of other things. There's, there's one, I, if I get a chance, I got to record it and send it to you. Not to necessarily play on, but to give me direction on where to go. <laughs> sure enough, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Be happy to. Be happy to. Always. Another one of those, you know, like, dig, a, dig six feet down, find a rock, go under the rock, keep digging. It's one of those. So... I love that. I fucking love that. Those are some of my favorite fucking musical yeah, moments. They're not, they're, they're not commercial, commercially viable or uplifting in any way or form. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. I love it. Send it over. I will embrace it with my full body and my sweaty fucking hands. I love it. It was perfect. It's It's been around a while and I've played it and I'm like, yeah, maybe, 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 I don't know. And then when we listened to Maggot Brain uh, two weeks ago, I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. that's almost a fucking tempo and beat of that one. Nice. Hmm. Catch right. you thinking. <laughs> oh, Maggot Brain. <laughs> so for all things Enzo, Uncle Fubar-esque, be sure to Google search Uncle Fubar's Garage, the beginning is just fucking starting, man. It's crazy. It's so much good shit, man. After Labor Day, the beginning, things yeah. will start to fucking come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know how else to say it. I know I refer to it every week, but people, if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you've heard me say it a bunch of times, go Google search Uncle Fu. Now is the time. Uncle Fubar has yet to fucking impact the planet like I... A huge chaotic meteor, and yeah. you want to be there to watch the aftermath. And trust me on this; it is worth every moment of your time. So now is the time to get it. Hashtag to remember is going to be dirty, dark, and disturbing. Okay, three Ds. Remember that. Wow, I love it. I love it. Speaking <laughs> of disturbing, let's talk about Tiny Tebos for a second because I have them yeah. to thank for the for the whole reason why. Uh, did I forget any other announcements? Are we, are we skipping something? No? Okay, all right, cool. Perfect. So our next guest, Laura Boswell, was discovered because of the fucking Tiny Tebos. I spend a stupid amount of time online, on socials, fl- fucking flipping through TikToks. I need 
the fucking background to be steady so I can put my T-bows on the fucking shelves and <laughs> things and like, but it's also going to be a good song and I have to respect the songwriter. Like there's a lot of little fucking things that I'm looking, it's not easy to find that shit. No. And I fucking stumbled on Laura Boswell. There she is with, um, is it Molly? I hope I, I can remember her name right. And so they're sitting on the porch and they're just playing acoustic and it's the most beautiful moment. I'm like, oh my God, sun drenched. And the dog is there and their other friend is there. I'm like, this is perfect. It's so I did a tiny Thibault assault on it. Little moment, you know? Yeah, right? It's so serene. It's perfect. And it was beautiful music. It's, it was a cover uh, that they were doing. But nonetheless, it was really their own you know, their own style, their own version of it. I thought, this is amazing. And it's very rare that I do a tiny Tebow uh, thing and invite the guests to the show. Because it's usually just a one-off. And I'm like, okay, if they like it, great. If not, they don't understand. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't care. It's just really, it's a statement that's quick and dirty. And then I'm like, you know what? I really like her stuff. I watched some of her videos. I'm like, holy crap. So I could not resist the opportunity to just contact her, invite her. And then when she said yes, I was so thankful. So what do you remember about our interview with, with I, I believe somewhere in our interview, I said, you're a free spirit and an old soul. Is that what I said about her? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Perfect description of her. So She's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Very tuned in and, uh, and and ahead of her years, too, which is great. She's yeah. got her whole life ahead of her. There's, there's such great material coming out and a distinct sound. There's classical training there. There's, you know, learn by ear training. There's the, like sort of the best of all worlds and are very a much of, a free spirit. Yeah, it's the free spirit. It, like you said, you know, it's wise beyond her years, the old soul. Like she has too much knowledge for her age almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be illegal. Or bottled, whichever comes incredible. first. <laughs> He's incredible. Yeah, it was a great interview. We had a lot of fun, for sure. And again, one of those guests that we just, unfortunately for them, we keep them for like two hours instead of the one an hour and 15 minutes scheduled time just because we want to keep on talking to them. Uh, is it us or is it them? <laughs> I don't care. If they want to get off the call, they can always just hang up, man. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll just keep asking questions. Yeah, I'm really who's, thankful for this chance, man. It was a lot of fun interviewing her. What were you about to ask? You to say who's what? No. Oh, okay, I thought I cut you off, as I often do. I cut you off. I cut off the guest. Basically, I excel at interrupting. That's my whole fucking raison d'être. All right. Well, I'll stop doing that, and I'll just say thanks for this, and let's get into our episode with Laura Boswell. Enjoy the Boz. <laughs> Long time to see, man. <laughs> The fucking, we just finished T-Bar 10 minutes ago, no? <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Sorry, I was... Uh, I was sorry, editing. you're early. What are you talking about? Don't be sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's morning, it's good. <laughs> it's like we just fucking stopped talking tw- 10 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> Something like that. Is, is that too dark? Is no, that too it's, dark? That's fine. Totally cool, totally cool. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> For uh, uh, Apricot Sludge Reveal. That, and I'm going to use, if you remember, remember the end right. of the wind where we, we finish the song and I do that stupid bass thing and you go into the fucking hard. Yeah. Beat? <laughs> I'm using that. That's the intro. That's I the reveal. forgot about that. That's that what is... I wanted to use yesterday. But what it, there oh, is, is there's okay. like a, a 15 second dead pause between you when you end and when you say, fuck, that's it. Because you're talking, I think. You're on the guide. You're doing something. Eh, I'm fucking sure. I forgot about that. That's so fucking cool. I love that ending. That's what I wanted to use. But I'm like, fuck, I got to edit out those 15 seconds of dead air. Okay. I'd forgotten about it. I got it. I got it. You could just, yeah, like sort of stretch them together and lay them. And and what's cool now with uh, 
who the fuck do I use again? What are they called? Rotor? Rotor? They added some new stuff. Yeah. So you can actually use your own artwork, maybe some of your own clips. Can upload your stuff. Cool. Yeah. So because before you couldn't, right? So the one that I use, Storyblocks, has yeah, a, that's good. Has, has a, a similar similar thing to to Rotor. You can there's a like it, I don't know if it's new or if I just didn't notice. Like it says edit. Like if you open a video, you say I want to pick right. a video of a castle or a fucking forest. It says edit this in blah blah blah. Whatever their resident editor okay. is, kind of like what Rotor does. So I think they have a thing where you don't have to download all the shit. Press. Hey, Laura, how you doing, pal? Hi. Welcome. I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. Clear audio. Wonderful video. Whoa. Can we Is have it? All, can our guests be more like you, please? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I went to a show last night. It was great. Oh, cool. Can you tell us who you went to see? Is it, is it cool to ask? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I went to see the Mountain Goats. Um, I That's a had, cool name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard of them, and, and a friend had tickets um, from like pre pandemic and, right. oh, wow. and the, person, okay. the person she was originally going to go with, um, couldn't go. So she invited me. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't been to a show of somebody that, I don't know. I feel like you only, that's my favorite time to like discover new music is hearing bands live. Yeah. Cause even yeah. if I wouldn't want to like list, like put them, put on a record and listen to them. Like I always enjoy going to a live concert cause it's more of an experience and you can see all like the mega fans and everybody who, yeah. So it was fun. It was it's very inspiring too. And especially watching the reactions. Cause when you're watching from the stage, but you're focused on your own material or your own, how, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what song is next is my, all my stuff plugged in or whatever. But to just be able to sit and chill, it's almost like a vacation. And then you get to look at other people, right? And be yeah. so I mean, like, I would have rather been on stage, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it, was at the, it was at the Orange Peel, which is like um, one of the bigger venues here in Asheville. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a great spot, but cool. it's just nice to see live music coming back. When, yeah. When did it start? When did they start reopening, like allowing it? So only been a little while, right? Yeah, just a few months, and they kind of like, I don't know, everybody's just like booked tours, and everybody is, I don't know, it's, I hope that, I just don't know what's going to happen with mm. Delta, but um, yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll see, yeah, I mean, we were, yeah. all, we were all masked up in, inside the venue, um, and I was like, should I even go, but, the, but the, um, the venue and the band issued like a an announcement a few days before that they like were requiring everybody to wear masks. So I was like, okay, I feel better. About that. I, I yeah. think I read that the, uh, the Foo Fighters are requiring proof of vaccination. Really? Yeah. That, I think, that's going to be normal. Sure. That's going to be normal yeah. eventually. Right. Especially with the variants and all that. That's yeah. you can see that all the fucking time. Yeah, it's it's like a passport. Such a, <laughs> such a getting, shit storm everywhere. Yeah. People are yeah. getting pissed, but yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. You know like, yeah. Yeah. It's logic. It's a bunch <laughs> of emotions wrapped around all that. But that's, you know, I mean, when's the last time we had a global pandemic to deal with? So this is kind of, it's new. It, it, anything that's written about previous plagues or otherwise, you can't find it on the internet. Now you see videos oh, and everyone's reactions and all of the, every gamut, all of the across the spectrum of, you know, of points of view. But regardless, it's just fun to be able to see a live gig or to perform live, which is, you know, I mean, yourself included. I I saw on your shows page that, you know, that's a thing for you since I don't know when when were when were the live gigs back on the menu for you or approximately? Was it as early as the spring? I know some venues were doing things and. 
Yeah, well, I did, you know, I did do outdoor shows last year. Um, not a lot, a few of them. It was, it was really cool to see how creative, um, venues and business owners got during 2020 and like, they had to survive. survive Right. They had to, they were like forced, but, but like to continue to create, um, or organize uh, live events that were safe and outside. And um, yeah, so I, I did have a few shows last year, but I was, I was a lot of the time was doing like live streams. I was doing regular live streams on Facebook. Um, been telling my, or I told my friend yesterday that I was with that I'm just like so much more addicted to social media my devices because I was on it so much all of last year like staying connected with the music community playing live stream concerts I was doing like private live stream concerts and now my brain is just like yeah my my um it's it's uh, mind-altering technology isn't it (laughs) it's very much mind-altering for the good or for the bad it's the second pandemic behind the first pandemic. <laughs> this right. is what it is. <laughs> the you know, social demic. <laughs> everybody jumped on and everybody's addicted to it now. It's like, yeah, you know? It's well, crazy. it was like approved. It was like, okay, let's like, yeah, this works. <laughs> let's just give it out. Let's sell it. And now everybody, <laughs> totally. yeah. yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, I, don't, I segued into that. I don't remember what <laughs> the original well, no, no, but I mean, the live shows, live shows for everybody, for musicians and for fans alike, it's a great thing to be able to revisit that because even though like the exception to the rule, right? I mean, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, outdoor mm-hmm. shows, um, we had a, a friend of ours uh, join on the show um, who was a, a professional DJ and he was talking about how just doing gigs was crazy. There's very, very little interactions, you know, CRC approved squares that you're allowed to be in this one, not in this one, only families that people at the same table yeah. are like, Oh, that's no fun. Like, I mean, I'm not much of a dancer or a social person. I'm <laughs> very much a hermit. I don't miss that shit, but I can just imagine people like craving to go out or celebrate a loved one's wedding or go to a big party or something. And it's like, just, you know, <laughs> with the mask on. Dancing I mean, with I don't know. I feel like people, Why bother, you know? people were happy to be out, actually. Like, I, I have a, a memory of um, a show that I played at a brewery downtown in Asheville. It was like October. It was beginning of October last year. Right. It was cold, but like people, um, people came out. And I mean, it was a brewery outside downtown. Usually breweries are kind of known to just be um noisy and not mm-hmm. everybody but it was like you could hear a pin drop and everybody oh, really? was just like so attentive yeah i was playing with two of my girlfriends and we were doing songwriters in the round format oh i saw your post about that on facebook uh, today yeah so we, we just did yeah. that but like the first time that we did that was at this show in last october cool. and it was just i i think that it was like oh people were starved for live performance and everybody right. was they were all at their they had picnic tables spread out and like oh that's cool um, that's yeah cool. but it was it was so special we were just like really um amazed and kind of humbled and and it's just, i just just think that yeah nobody was like on their phone and at the show last night too no nobody was on their phone i didn't see a lot of people like you know recording stuff people are just wanting actual so there's hope there's actual yeah, hope, there's hope. <laughs> absorbing the actual 
performance and the What's talent. What's going on around you? Yeah. What a fucking concept. Virtual, and I feel like we've been so dosed with like the virtual experience <laughs> that like once we have the real experience, it's like, oh yeah, this is like way better. Yeah, <laughs> and I find that else. a lot of the people that we're talking to, I'm getting the sense that I'm, I'm you know, certainly no uh, able to predict or anything like this, but uh, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if a, a year or two from now we see a happy balance between the two. More quality, virtual, and more appreciation for the real thing, which, of course, will be lost on people in 10, 15 years that, you know, all of this. I will have another pandemic by then. You feel? You feel? (laughs) There will be, like, another weird strain of, or, yeah, this one, yeah, so... Well, hopefully we'll be prepared for it that time. We'll know what to do. Like to just, oh, okay, I got to dig into the masks. I got my favorite one. Check it out. As opposed to, I have to I know. I'm not getting rid of my mask. People were, yeah, someone's talking about having like a mask burning party. I'm like, I'm keeping my mask. I like that. Like I got ones with fun patterns. And you get the ones off of Etsy that you paid fucking 40 bucks for. You can not burn that. Like seriously. Yeah, <laughs> There's some artists that I've been supporting to get that mask. I'm not going to burn it. My God. That's a, to, uh, like it's a, just, a metal. It's just. <laughs> No, I know like a lot of like one of um, this really cool venue in um, the town that I work in, Black Mountain. Um, it's called White Horse Black Mountain. They they essentially like converted their whole space into it's like a live television studio, basically. Oh, cool. Like so, so they started doing live stream concerts all of last year, but like oh. very high quality, like nice six different camera angles, like so many mics, and just. I love Live, yeah. Um, I I got to play that with one of my friends. Um, January of this year, and it was like very professional. And now they're they have opened up to the public, but they're continuing the right, live right. the sure, live. Why not? Yeah, so what a like, great thing for a guest, uh, uh, you know, attending the show. It's like you are going to be seen in UK and fucking wherever, yeah. and you know, like you're you're online. Like, oh my god, you're into it more. You know, there's a difference between just going to a venue and knowing that this is broadcast in some way, even if there's nobody watching, you just feel like you're part it's of something there. bigger. It's you know, there. that's cool. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, and they have an archive of all of their shows that they've done since them. I mean, you can like have a subscription, like a yeah. monthly subscription to watch any thing you want it's pretty cool that's so. smart that's smart so, i think that's where, do, where do they end up streaming is it on youtube is it on twitch is it on like you know i i don't it might be on vimeo i don't know because i, I haven't know. i just went and performed and i didn't watch the live stream but um well, no you're performing it <laughs> you got you got yeah. you're busy <laughs> it's kind of yeah. cool to think that there's more and more venues that hopefully are gearing up for that uh, we know that some bands that we've talked to from out west here in Canada that, that did the same thing during pandemic. They made a little TV studio in their basement, basically. Yeah. They were already doing live stuff on Facebook and whatnot, but they realized like this is a mainstay now. This is something we have to be prepared for more often. They have a right, you know, and Facebook compresses the audio, and it's like not I don't know. So right, exactly. So what you're talking about Vimeo or there's other streaming services that allow you to sort of multicast different services, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, whether it's Twitch or otherwise. I think that's a cool thing to look forward to. And that's what I'm talking about, that balance of, you know, the real thing versus, but maybe a merging of the two. Yeah. I was encouraged to see people just becoming creative, like as humans do during this time, like, you know, and then the interesting things that people put in place during the past year and and this year are, you know, going to stick like the good, there were some silver linings that will stick and hopefully there will be more high quality outdoor performances. Cause in general, I mean, I, I like being outside and listening to music. Yeah. Yeah. It's very rewarding. It's very reassuring. It's also, you know, re-energizing, right. To be able to smell the fresh air, hear something mm-hmm. that just, you know, 
turns on that creative switch in your brain, I think it's a lovely matchup. And you're definitely an authority on that because some of the things that we're going to be talking about in our in our uh, call with you today have a lot to do with that. And uh, I, I hope to I hope that uh, we'll get to all of the questions. Uh, without uh, Enzo and I rambling on too much and we'll <laughs> let you take the stage more often as we can. So I don't know if I got this right, but I'm going to ask you, this is sort of like the, the open-ended generic question that I ask many of our guests on the show, because you can find a lot of stuff on social media. And I always tell Enzo, I'm a stalker for the cause of good, trying to find out interesting, <laughs> cool tidbits of information. Just to, what would be an intelligent question, you know, to ask, but we don't often see, I mean, it's not like we're broadcasting about our youth. So it's a great opportunity now for you to tell us the highlights of what you remember about very young, Laura, in the infancy of your, before all of the career started, before all of the professional stuff started to take over and before the trials and tribulations, tell us about, and I don't know if it's, is it Pennsylvania that you grew up in or, mm-hmm. but tell us about growing up in Pennsylvania and your memories of, of young Laura. Aww. Um, just in general, not with a musical focus. Whatever comes to mind. Whatever comes <laughs> well, to mind. It, when, well, eventually you're going to, you're going to get to the, when in your youth did you get to music? So that's coming yeah, yeah, up to yeah, that. Yeah. It's all, it's all part of the, part, part of the recipe, but before that happens. And I mean, it yeah. can be, you know, it's very well, soon. Year six, year six, I started playing the piano, but I mean, I had, I had a beautiful childhood. I had a great childhood. I grew up in, um, a small college town. It's called State College. It's where Penn State University is, which is, uh, yeah, pretty big university. But um, yeah. so it's like very, um, I don't know, nice, small, safe town, like nestled in mm-hmm. uh, some mountains and valleys. Actually, it's actually the, um, part of the same range that um, I live in now in Asheville, the Appalachian Mountains. They run up to Pennsylvania. They just kind of get smaller and like taper off a little bit. Um, but yeah, the Shire of Pennsylvania, if you will, right? Something yeah. Like that, yeah. <laughs> I awesome. mean, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just grew up like rollerblading with my friends and, um, my brother and I were always getting into creative projects. He's a, he's an amazing musician and, um, and artists, but we were, we were uh, getting really into like stop action animation with my, our parents gave us uh, an old video camera and we just oh, got cool. awesome. heavily involved in. Um, yeah. Is there anywhere we can see a, a video of that or footage online? Is it posted? <laughs> he, post he actually, it? It's not online. He, I would be the one who would like post it online. He's not right. really on social media so much, but he did digitize them. So um, I, I'm, I want to filter through them. I mean, there's like hours of it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. The experimentation phase is, is you know, probably weeks worth of footage and to go through it. I mean, we have boxes of cassettes, but audio that's, stuff, that's, but it's that's the same the best idea. Time. That's the best time in your life right. when you're playing with that stuff. You're into it and you're like, you don't know the rules. Who cares? You're just having fun. And you oh, it was so amazing fun. stuff. Yeah. And my, yeah. My brother had like so many ideas about, um, yeah, I mean he's he's my older brother, and so he 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 learned the stop motion, then he taught me, and then we did it together, and it was yeah, it was super fun. But we were always doing creative projects like that, and um, yeah, we we both played piano, and my dad played piano some, so there was always music in the house. My dad's a big music enthusiast, um, jazz, classical, um, lots of different types of music. So 
I grew up, he played a lot of Steely Dan. Steely Dan was like my favorite band when I was like six. <laughs> right on. That's, right awesome. on. That's a great uh, influence to have at such a young age too. I mean, it's not like you're just, you know, listening to the, and we get, let's be fair. Radio was much better back in our youth than I think it is now. So yeah. the quality of music, I would say the influences that we had growing up, whatever, oh, is, you I, know. I, yeah, I was listening to the radio all the time. I grew up in the nineties and yeah, I loved um like the cranberries and but I was also real I loved like the boy bands and the pop the pop stars <laughs> of that age like <laughs> right Aguilera and my, lots of vocal stuff there too right I mean that yeah. was uh, the four or five no, I, I loved Christine Aguilera and Mariah Carey uh, my voice is nothing like theirs they're like really high sopranos and just like fluttering all over the place but I was yeah I was just totally hooked. Um, and I loved music videos. Like I watched MTV all the time. Right. They had like the TRL um, top music video countdown. Um, <laughs> and I just, I love music videos and it's cool. Cause I'm like, I'm getting in the past several years, I've been getting back into making videos and video editing and actually filming, shooting music videos, like for my friends and, for and fucking awesome stuff too. You're doing like, <laughs> seriously, that's part of the interview here. Like if you don't mind, we're going to talk about that. Cause it is yeah. really good what you're doing. Really, really good. Well, but you know, it's that's it's it comes from that stop motion experimentation. Yeah, and and being around it and being influenced by it. Totally. Yeah. No. And like I remember being in like a flow state when we were making that, and it's the same thing when I get into video editing and when I'm shooting stuff, I'm just totally. The director's hat is on. Don't mess. We're going to go for it. This is what's happening, and let's get it done. Yeah. Well, I'm just not thinking about time. I just it's one of those things, like you know your your passions and i i feel like a lot of people say that like look back at like what you just naturally wanted to do when you were a kid and that usually is something that is uh you're you're just like inherently passionate about so that is um, nice to well, go for so many miles with so yeah, many people yeah, yeah. if they would just listen to that more often that little voice <laughs> exactly. the child voice is the yeah. real voice it just gets a little older sometimes but we keep on listening to it we can't do wrong with that for sure so all right stop motion background and uh, hanging Ooh. out with your bro and making all kinds of fun movies uh-huh. which uh, hopefully we'll see some footage of one day and we at one point that, but. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. it was just just as a, as a curiosity because i love that stuff i mean i've got you know old vhs cassettes i mean enzo and i we've yeah. got footage of old shit that no one will ever see unless Want to know? Okay, sure. We'll dig it up. And, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Enzo, yeah. <laughs> Enzo's the one that's got it. But so at some point, I mean, music started so early for you. I mean, it's it's no use to sort of beat around the bush. Let's talk about your musical beginnings. You were talking about piano. Uh, were, was guitar soon afterwards or was there some like a time frame between when you decided to indulge into the world of multi-instrumentalism? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, basically, our my our parents were like, you're going to learn an instrument when you turn six, but you can choose what it is. So my brother had already started learning piano and I looked up to my brother. So I probably chose piano because of that. And we had a piano. So I chose piano too. I took lessons, um, essentially classical, classical piano lessons. Um, and then I was, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, you're going through the book and um, like the lesson, the method books. And right. my teachers found found me nice enough to play. But um, when I was, uh, I think, around 11 and still in, in fifth grade in elementary school, um, we had the option to take group guitar classes. And um, 
the teacher who was offering it, I ended up taking private lessons with him, but he was just like a riot. So like hilarious. I mean, he could have, he could have his own stand up show, but he's also a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> right. guitarist. That's, but yeah, that's what makes it easier. Like and any teacher, if they're passionate about what they're doing and they, and they, you know, they make it, make you want to learn more. So that's, yeah, totally. Cool. No, so I was just like, I was yeah. like, this guy's awesome. Um, I want to learn. Yeah, I want to learn with him. So, um, I we I started doing group guitar lessons at school. Um, and my friends and I we loved. I don't know if you know the Dixie Chicks. They're now called the Chicks. Sure, of course. Yeah. Oh, we, I didn't know the name. They called. They changed. That's funny. They, they really <laughs> to to wow. remove the you know Southern kind of antebellum like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Yeah, Dixie. They you know just trying just to be different. culturally yeah. sensitive and um yeah. Understood. That makes sense. All right, racist. I can see that. Yeah, not hard. You see, that's ignorance on my part. For me, it's just always been the Dixie Chicks and, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like, I mean, why would you call it KFC? And I understand the reasons why it makes sense, but it's like, yeah, all right, cool. They removed Dixie last, I think like last spring or summer, like close to when all the Black Lives Matter uh, protests were happening. Yeah, Yeah, I, I think it's just sensitive. So now they're just the Chicks. Um, but yeah, we, we, I feel like that's how I started really getting into singing. Cause my, my friends and I, we would like try to practice, um, harmonizing and then like cracking our voices between the different vocal registers because, um, Natalie, the, the lead singer, um, always does that. So yeah, we just like, we love them. We make up like chore- choreography to, I don't I know if you it. know the song Goodbye Earl, I, I don't know it, but I mean, I, I can understand the inspiration, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a dark song, actually. It's 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 funny. It's upbeat, but it's like about um, basically an abusive boyfriend, and then like the best friend flies back to take care of her friend, and then they end up like murdering him. <laughs> uh, I kind of remember the, the called Goodbye Earl. Like yeah, he's just, he's just like an abusive boyfriend, and so the yeah. song's about like how yeah, but we had and this whole like, skit. To but that's it. discovering something like that at that time frame at your age at that time. It's perfect. That's yeah. that's you know yeah. like yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> not thinking of like yeah murder. It's it was a oh, fun, it was funny song, but yeah, we no. had like a whole dance to it, and then um, <laughs> yeah, so we we uh, um, we were like all singing and, and playing guitar together, and then I ended up really taking to the guitar. I remember having kind of like an aha moment when I was, um, I was really trying to play and sing. And then I just remember a moment where I just clicked and I was able to kind of coordinate both of those. And I was singing like, uh, I think it was like a Michelle branch song. She, she was like played on the radio then too. I was, yeah. Um, and then, then I was just hooked. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I can learn all my favorite songs. Like, and then once I learned how to read um, guitar uh, chord charts and tabs, I was right. just like, eating. Yeah, but you it. already had, if you, you were taking piano lessons, you're already, you were already reading and you're already into music theory before. Right, yeah, but, but with guitar, I was not really, um, I didn't really go that direction with guitar and I kind of moved away from, I was like, I don't want to learn any of that for guitar. I want to just like learn the chords and play by ear. I don't know. I was a little resistant to going kind of the more, I mean, honestly, I mean, as a guitar teacher, speaking as a guitar and a piano teacher, it's like, 
it's not you can't progress as quickly when you teach a guitarist how to read music if they don't know and like and work you're just more it's I end up going like the tab route and the just the chord chart route like in the beginning for all my mm-hmm. students because it's just straight the information that you're getting is more straightforward easier to learn and and gets them to where they want to be faster like with playing songs that they're excited about that they um, and then, I mean I didn't learn how to I mean I knew how to read music but I didn't learn how to translate that to guitar until I started studying classical which I mean that's really the only circumstance that I I don't know I had sheet music it's like in our country it's not as it's not really common to learn sheet music for the guitar because it's that's a true. Yeah. it's a folk instrument um it's more right. like almost I don't know more like an oral tradition or just people showing each other stuff and then also the tab the tablature is just very simple it's a simple basic notation so well, that's uh, interesting, though, that you mentioned that you were sort of reticent to go the uh, the formal route with uh, with guitar, like you had done previously with the piano, and yet you decided at some point. And I'm gathering, was it your decision, or were you influenced to uh, to begin your classical formal training? Um, and how did that how did that change? Because it seems to me like I won't say rebellious, not like oh, guitarists are the cause, you know, but just not wanting to follow the classical route and yet taking the formal training. How did that happen? How did that come about? Well, so with guitar, there wasn't really um, so much a classical route to begin with. It was like when I started taking lessons with Richard Wiley, the guy who I was talking about, it was, um, I mean, he, he, I guess we could have done classical guitar. I don't know. I was more, I was, it was just the music I was interested in. I was getting really into classic rock. I was still into the pop folk stuff and, but I was getting really into like Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd. And I just, and I was, I started playing electric guitar. My parents got my brother an electric guitar. He wasn't really into it. And I was like, I Give it to me. I'll take that. I was like, yeah, like, I was like that. I that over here. I will take that. Yeah. Right. So I was, I just wanted to learn like all the guitar solos. Um, um, so yeah. And then I kind of stumbled into classical guitar. So I, I got really into electric guitar and then I started listening a lot to like iron and wine, you know, iron and wine. And yeah, Jack Johnson. Yeah, yeah and, and I started learning their music and got a lot better at finger picking. Um, and I never used a pick. I don't know why, but I just decided I liked using my fingers better. So even when I was playing electric guitar, I was always cool. That's back. interesting. That's like interesting. There's, there's quite a few players that like that. And I mean, right. it's, it's about control and about feel. You know? Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. I like I like just being um, yeah feeling the strings. Um, I, I mean, I, and I play with the pick sometimes and I teach my students to do both and then give them the option to decide what they like the best. Cool. Right. Um, cool. But yeah, I kind of stumbled into classical guitar because when I went to college, I, I didn't know what I wanted to study, but I remember actively being like, I shouldn't do music because that's not practical. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm always going to play music, but like I should probably get my degree in something else. But I think, I don't know. I did like, I was like a history major, which that's not practical either. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just wasn't happy. And so then I decided to switch to music. But um, I went to a small school, like a small liberal arts college. And so they didn't have a really large music program. So I had kind of a limited um, 
amount of options to choose from. Essentially, it's essentially like a music performance degree. They didn't have like music education. They didn't have music technology or even like composition. So basically, if you studied music, you were going to do a music performance degree, either in classical or jazz. And so because it's just a small school, that's what they had. And so I was like, okay, um, I've done classical piano. So like all audition, I played like a little Chopin prelude. And but then I decided I was like, I'm like really a guitarist as well. So I was like, I'm going to play a song that I wrote, even though they didn't say that that was okay. Good for you, right on. I played a song and I sang. And then so the classical guitar teacher, Cammie Rowan, who's like became my teacher and mentor and like is a very close friend now. um, She approached me afterwards. She was like, you should like think about maybe like, let's do a lesson. We got, we got a classical guitar here that you could like try out. And I was totally open to that because I, I don't know. I had like grown up a little bit and I wasn't so opposed to like learning how to read learning. I was like, okay, like I'm good at this instrument. Maybe I should take this opportunity to like really um, dive more in and kind of just like flesh out my knowledge. Makes right. sense. Like I know how to read music, but I don't know how to read music for guitar. So I was like, yeah, that, that seems like a cool opportunity. And then I just, yeah, it was, so I started taking lessons and I just kind of, um, had a lot of, uh, I didn't have to change my technique that much. Like I had already kind of like what I was doing with my right hand and my, I didn't have to make that many adjustments. Um, a lot of people find their way into classical guitar from like being an electric guitar player or other genres. So it was a kind of a fluid transition. And I just, I was like, wow, I love this music, like the South American music, the Spanish music. I love the, the, our Bach arrangements for it's it's totally different, isn't it? It's it's a totally different vibe to what we're used to as as yeah. guitarists. Yeah, it's. Oh. I was just like very. Yeah, once I started listening to the repertoire, I was like, wow, I really like this. And there were a lot it's, of pieces that I started getting excited about, like, oh, I want to learn that and that and that. Yeah. Um, that and were to like, be able to sort of recognize the the things that you know uh, turned you on about that element of music from the piano perspective and to be able to translate that into guitar. That's an, a wonderful bridge to gap. I mean, it's just, mm. it gives you a unique perspective on so much more of the music that maybe you didn't realize was, well, this is fucking cool. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to spend the hours to really learn this properly. So good on you. That's wonderful. Yeah, really. Thanks. I was just, I was at the right, I was at like the right point in my life. Cause I was, I don't know. I was a little like rebellious shithead when I was, a teenager. Like, all, isn't that a rule? That's a rule. No? Yeah, I mean, mate, I, don't know, I think I still want one. Yeah, we are. I was like, I was, I was just making trouble, butting heads, getting caught, doing stupid shit, and like, good for you, man. Good for you. Don't thanks, stop man. that. <laughs> don't stop. Well, that. But yeah, I just wasn't passionate about school, like, um, and but I got into a place where I was uh, realized that I wasn't happy, and I, and so I was like in a place where I wanted to do to focus more on um academics and and just like myself and and not just be like I don't know I think when you're a teenager you're trying to be who you think is cool and who's around you and yeah so I was definitely ready to like just do a deep dive um into like who I am and and so I um got really into like the self-discipline aspect of classical music and I just really loved having the structure of like I, I had my teacher Cammy was like helped me kind of figure out 
a schedule. I've, I'm like, very, I'm all over the place. Like I'm very um, scattered and creative, like right brained. Um, and so I really like structure. And so she, mm-hmm. she helped me come up with like a very regular practice schedule. Cool. And I followed it to a T for like years. Um, and then it got, that will lead to like what, how I like broke away kind of from, because I got too much on the end of just like structure and perfection. Right? Yeah. So that, but it was really great for me for a while and it kind of helped like anchor me and, and gave me a lot of purpose. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just so satisfying when you're, investing that much time into a craft because you see the reward so quickly. Yeah. So I always tell my students, I'm like, if you are regularly practicing, even if it's like 10 minutes a day, if the regularity, like you will see progress. So that was really cool and almost kind of like addictive just to like, have like be practicing the metronome and then like three days later, yeah, you can just notch it up and like you're I'm still trying. (laughs) You're still trying. (laughs) But that rigidity, I mean, listen, coming from a more rebellious frame of mind and and experiencing that rigidity in in a positive sense. So it's not imposed on you. It's not military rigidity. It's it's uh, you're you're forcing yourself to do the pushups, to do the mental sort of gymnastics, to be able to get to that next level and then to be able to have the balance. I didn't feel like I was forcing myself, though. Like it, it felt like it was just a decision and it was like a really good healthy thing to do. And it felt like it felt really immersive and fun and and exciting because I was just like really delving into classical music and they have this great um, classical music festival that that they host at my little college during the summer. It's called the Eastern Music Festival. And so I spent a lot, a lot of time going to, and I could get student discount tickets to the Greensboro Symphony Orchestra. I went to college in, in North Carolina in Greensboro. So I was just going to like classical concerts and chamber music. And yeah, it was just really a beautiful time um, of like discovery. And that definitely influenced my songwriting. Like my songwriting changed a lot once I started becoming more. Um, well, it's normal. You know, you bring in, you bring in whatever you've absorbed around you ends up filtering through and coming back yeah. out right so yeah, it's, it's, inevitable. Pretty, it's, it's, inevitable it's really sure. cool to see that yeah happen it just happens naturally it just integrates you're not thinking yeah. about it um yeah. and i was getting really into um when i was in college i was getting really into nick drake i don't know if you guys <laughs> yeah nick drake so i was like learning his songs and all of his wacky alternate tunings and so i was kind of combining the, those tunings and like the complex harmonies of classical music like in, into my own music so that's kind of this. I was writing um, the songs that are on the album "Fall Away" kind of during that time period where I was like right. synthesizing okay. like folk background, yeah, um, classical music, and all these alternate tunings. That's kind of yeah. There's a there's an interesting thread which Enzo knows more about than I do because I'm not really good with the names of bands and artists and people who are part of different bands. But there's this interesting thread of open tuning or alternate tunings that sort of runs between all the different categories of music. But there are still some, uh, like you know, the <laughs> the, the the few that. It, like where it all came from. And those few artists that introduced that have influenced country, rock, even classical. I mean, there's a, there's an element of that alternate tuning everywhere. You can't do that with a piano. You don't just uh, detune your piano and sort of watch this. It's open G. No, it's not. Yeah, it's but there's, piano. There's, it work. But guitar, uh, you can get away with all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. It blows my mind. Blows my mind. But it, 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 as a classically trained musician, I, I'm trying to remember, uh, Originally, or originally, or way sometime back in the past, 
we weren't tuned to A440. Oh, right. right? That's true. If, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, that that's the the right. folklore. It's I think a it modern was version of it. Yeah. It was lower or something like that. So well, it was, it was based done, on a key, wasn't it? It was always in a major key of it, it C, was A, but, but it was no, it was it's like we're tuned to A440, right? The piano's right. tuned to A440, I think. Is that it? And yeah. and I think we we're tuned at the original tuning is A431. Or oh, is it? No some kidding. Some weird thing. So I don't know. And that's classical music going back to like you know 400 years ago or something right, like that. Right. So I don't know the whole, but it, they say it it they did it for I can't remember for what reason. So I always wondered. If those open tunings predated, or are they after this this switch? You know, because those open tunings, some of them are are crazy. I mean, somebody yeah. drank a half a pint of whiskey and like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Blame the Scottish. Blame the Scottish. No. Who knows? Maybe it's a freaking bagpipe tuning for fuck's sake. On a I, I don't know. Where you laugh, but that's, that's another instrument do... that is locked into a key. Like you, you yeah. have no choice, right? The pedal note is always there. You can't escape it. And it forces everyone else to play around it. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a whole, there's a thesis that's, uh, to be written. That's a deep dive <laughs> that I would love to do to figure out where some of those open tunings came from. I mean, yeah, some of it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't use them because I already like what a twelve string just tuning standard. I want to smash it, so <laughs> there's no way I'm going to go on open tunings. I go crazy. Uh, <laughs> don't piss off Enzo, man. Oh, man. There's a reason why Uncle Food Bar just sort of was. I literally, one day. I, I, I'm not stealing your spotlight, but I've literally one of my past twelve <laughs> strings brought it to the music store because I just wanted it, you know, cleaned up, changed new strings, whatever, whatever. Got it yeah. back. I spent an hour and a half tuning it. <laughs> because it was driving me nuts because the intonation was just a little bit off. What a 12 uh, string. Yeah. An hour and a half of mother and screaming my head off. And my and the buddies are all like, <laughs> <"This is fucked laughs> up. he's going I, bonkers. I, I, oh. Yeah. And th- there's there's all kinds of, you know, there's there's great guitarists that make, you know, make a pride themselves on that being their their shtick. I mean, that's, you know, I, I'm not playing a song unless it's in open tuning and it just there's there's a whole world there to explore. But I have like you, Enzo, I've a very limited amount of patience to be able to just get to the normal tuning and start with that. Once in a while I'll venture out. But yeah. then to see some of the things that you're doing now and and it's 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 sort of like an exaggeration of what was starting maybe off in the fledgling days when you were making that switch in 2017 to really identifying your style. And there's a very identifiable style and feel to your music. And it's just that an amazing talent and skill and the, con- the control that you've got yeah. in, in the, and are, you're righty. I, I never even looked, but you are a right-handed guitarist. Right? I'm right-handed. Yeah. So my finger so picking. That picking hand has got, there's, there's the whole book that can be written just on how, it takes it's so much effort to, to really find the control to get to that level of playing. It's Thank really you. something. It's not I've easy. I've a lot of hours in a practice where I've been doing like very like one it shows. It fucking well, when, shows. <laughs> when I started classical, I I was just very diligent about my t- my teacher is um she studied with Aaron Shearer, who's like kind of a a uh, prominent name in the classical guitar world in terms of like his like Aaron Shear method. He had method books and it's about like economy of movement and not okay. um, straight having any unnecessary strain. But yeah, I would just like figure out how to use my um, my index finger or the eye finger properly and just like pluck a string really slowly and just look at it, make sure it's. <laughs> And oh, then you yeah, add in the other one. Yes, yeah, so like I did a lot that's, of very that's dedication. That's focused awesome. fundamental. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, I'm glad I did it 
then because I was a student. It was like my I wasn't I was lucky enough to not be working. I worked some like in my in the library in my college, but like I was really lucky to have that time. It was like a I didn't know it, but like that was a magical little bubble of just my job is to just like really learn classical guitar. That's awesome. And, and you've accomplished that in spades. Seriously, it's so wonderful to watch you play. And that's why I love the video element, because when you hear something, it's like, OK, you can appreciate from the sound. But when you're watching and my dad was a jazz guitarist, so I got all these little tidbits oh. growing up when he was explaining to me, like, you know, guitarists to play with the pinky down. It's they're, they're cheating. They're cheating because they got a point of reference. If they have the pinky up, you know, they're fucking good. And I'm like, I, I about <laughs> you know what? I'd go I to mean, gig and I'd watch. Down. Pinky and it's down. Like, is, oh my God, it's true. Like they're just going straight, to control. Well, it creates a strain right here for your. And right. it your yeah, your hand. And it's not necessarily to say it's a bad thing, but I, I began at a young age to be able to appreciate like that kind of shit, that kind of stuff that normally would be completely fucking lost on a preteen age kid. Like, yeah, man, power chords. But to be able to watch that and observe and to anyone else that's playing, and I don't know much about piano or stringed instruments per se, but for guitar, I'm not judging, but I'm watching to appreciate the days and months and years of practice that that player has put in sure. to realize like, wow, that's awesome. And I get that sensation when I watch your videos and I see uh, it's, I mean, live too. I mean, I'm not saying it's the videos, but to be able to see you perform, you can tell there's years of years and years of effort. And oh, thank you. It's akin to trying like tell someone, move your middle toe. No, you can practice that shit for a year just to be able to do it. And that's what you're getting, the ad advanced version of uh, of string control and fret control. So it, it speaks a lot about, you know, your dedication to it. And whether you say rebellious, going to the pendulum swing and coming out of the, you know, the... the, the, the well, yeah, there's going to be a burst of learning stage after. Once you find you, the middle road. You find the no. middle road of balance. I'm, I'm kind of on this stage of the pendulum. I'm like, it's not as like swinging out as far like i'll cut yeah so it's kind of like i'm like here you, you've tightened is, it so that the extremes yeah. aren't as extreme that's yeah, fun. great you're, fi you're finding your place yeah awesome in that little weave yeah. you know? and that's i'm finding where classical music fits into my life in a way that doesn't like dominate it and control it because that's that's where i got to i started my master's and i went out to la um and i was just like so hyper focused on like I need to practice five hours a day and I wasn't giving myself time to do other things that I care about like hiking or my friends would be like let's go to see the LA Phil and I'd be like I need to practice like I was just turning down like think like important musical experiences and yeah. I was not in a balanced healthy space and I wasn't happy so I, I once I realized I was like oh like I'm not enjoying doing this anymore like there's no purpose and like going into debt to get a music degree and performance if you're not like madly in love with it. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to teach like, cause kind of the path is like you get your master's, your doctoral, and then potentially teach. There aren't a lot of jobs. I was just like, so I pulled out, I, I did a semester and then I pulled out and then I moved back to my hometown and was working um, like at a cool microbrewery. And, and then just, that's when I started, um, playing with uh, the band that I recorded my second album with and I was doing open mics and just kind of, but I didn't like touch my guitar for about like six months. I moved really? on. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, every, every, it was, I think yeah. everybody goes through that where you just like, like a little okay. sabbatical, right? Yeah. It was a sabbatical. I was like, I got to reevaluate this. Like I'm not, I'm kind of miserable and I, this isn't, I'm not getting the same joy that I was. I got into just a really like tunnel vision, perfectionistic, space with it where like I was a good guitarist and my 
everybody was like happy with what I was doing. It was really, I was my own worst self-critic and I was oh, just yeah, You, you got to take the, it's burnout. In, in essence, it's a, a form of burnout. You just got to step back and say, okay, I need to breathe. I need the space. And then we'll see, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And it can did. sometimes be hard for anyone to recognize those signs of I am in need of a break. And yeah. that's that's what causes so much people, you know, some uh, there's there's a lot of focus on mental health these days because of pandemic, but it's always been there. And yeah. to, to find those warning signs and recognize them, whether it has to do with uh, just because of your environment or your surroundings or people close to you. And to, it's hard. It's hard to put your finger on it and get the pulse of what is it that's making me unhappy. So the fact that you did that and you just made the conscious decision to pull out and concentrate on you. We're no good to anybody unless we can help ourselves. So you yep. did that. And thank goodness you did. Um, um, thanks. Yeah. A lot of people were like that, you know, like saying that that was brave or like, I don't know. And I was like, Oh, just, I mean, it just felt like I didn't have any other option, but yeah, it's, it's sad to think about people who just, you know, there are people who just power through or they, or they don't have a choice. Like, I don't know. I, I had, I was able to, I just went and like, moved back in with my parents for like, uh, I don't know, like six months. Like I had that option. So like, I, I am very lucky. And I remember, yeah, I was, my mom like flew out and helped me drove back across the country and like, right I, on, I have like amazing supportive family that's, and, that's and the best. And they, yeah, they love the arts. They love music and they've always just been super supportive. Um, so I, awesome. I was lucky. I mean, not everybody has the luxury. No. To kind of just pivot. Um, sometimes you get, just got to finish what you started or there isn't another good option to land on. So, Well, it's wonderful to to uh, to, to meet people like you. Um, Enzo, I don't know if, if you're getting the same vibe here, but I, I realize that it's, sometimes uh, we, we talk with people that they don't say the words, I did it because it was the thing to do and I made such a great decision. There's more of a self-deprecating sort of modest version of that. Well, yeah, you know, that was the right thing to do. It was mm-hmm. I had to do it. You know, like the 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 kind of answer that it's not about me. It was just <laughs> the right thing to do. I like that quality and people that don't really blow their horn and say, eh, this is why I did it. It was the best because I'm awesome. No. And so that's part of the things that, uh, that we appreciate about uh, cool people like you that don't, uh, that don't uh, make it all about them. So thank you for that. <laughs> Keep on doing what you're doing. You're on the right track. Let's get into something that has to do with sort of bridging that uh, connection between that experience of pulling out and not fo- following the route to do the masters and deciding that, all right, I need a little break. I'm going to refocus and make that pendulum find its middle ground. There's this decision at some point that maybe you're not going to do the masters and the doctorate and spend another 15 years being fucking miserable just to be able to be qualified to teach to certain people. At that right. point, maybe there's, is there the beginnings of the seed of interest in teaching more at the ground level, like what you're doing now and the inspirations behind, like, I can totally teach. I have more than enough qualifications to do so. Maybe just not in the doctorate form, maybe yeah. in the grassroots yeah. form. How did that come about? Well, so where I'm at now, um, I, I dabbled in teaching kind of like after during college, after college, I did some like substitute music teaching and, um, and private lessons and always felt, I didn't feel super confident. Um, and then, yeah, when I moved, when I left grad school and I moved back to my hometown, I did have some private students. Um, and I did best with my adult private students. I had, I don't know, I, I was like 20, 24. I just don't think I had, um, 
wasn't like grounded enough or stable enough to, it, I think it made me nervous thinking about like kids and their families investing in me. Cause I knew that I didn't want to stay in my hometown. Like I was going to move at some no point. No pressure. <laughs> it's on you. I mean, so you I, actually, I, you I have no awareness guilty. of like, Huh? You felt guilty for taking money from, from <laughs> because you might leave. You're awesome. The form You're young mind, awesome. child. <laughs> no, not doing I that. Like, I didn't I'm going. I would look. I would look at the car that the parents drove up in and say, "I'm charging you double, motherfucker." <laughs> Extra, right? <laughs> Extra. Oh, no, for you. You're amazing. You're amazing. Well, I think it was like it was more just. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that as a career option because mm. I. I was like, I'm not ready to settle down in my hometown and like build a studio. I I, I just had a sense. No, you're that. you're still on the world of discovery of your own yeah, discovery. It's a long term yeah, investment, and right. and um, so I did teach, but I, I did I did like it, but I was never in the mindset of like this is what I'm gonna do um to support myself. My mom was always like, that would be a really good way. She said that all through my 20s, like, why don't you teach? Why don't you teach? As I'm, like, pigeonholing myself in, like, service industry jobs, she's just like, why don't you teach music? Why don't <laughs> yeah. you teach? And I'm like, it's like, finally, I think I'm just in the right place, right time. Now I'm older. I'm more, I more want to be settled. I'm not, like, bouncing around anymore. Because I moved out to Maui after that. And then. Wow. Oh, shit. Cool. cool. Um, wow. But so now I'm in Asheville and I, I really like it here. I'm back on the East Coast. I'm close to my communities. I'm close to where I went to college. And I just I really like being here so I can see a future here. I've been here for three years. So it feels just um, I'm, I'm like investing in the area and it feels like I'm going to be here for a long time. Maybe this will just be my home forever. So it feels um comfortable to to teach and to invest in the in the community and i think that was my problem before is like i was always just like thinking i needed to be somewhere else and then i wouldn't fully invest in the community that i was in like at the time um but uh yeah so that i started teaching full-time like last summer um and i got an online teaching job and then i got um I fell into this great in-person job at this amazing art center in Black Mountain. Um, that's really cool. They have a pottery studio, dance studio, they have a performance space. Um, and I, yeah, I teach private guitar, um, piano and ukulele lessons. And, uh, it's great. I, it, I think it just took like six years of just being in the service industry and getting to a point where I was like, this is not the lifestyle I want. I'm so burnt out. Yeah. But I, once I started teaching, I was like, Oh my God, this is so great. Like I can just hang out with people one-on-one -on -one and just like show them what I know. And I didn't, I did not realize how much I like kids. They're so funny and just like, until they live with you. Right. I, when you get I, to give them back after the lesson, that's the best. That should be good. When, when you get to give them back to the family after the lesson is done, it's awesome. <laughs> Very no, good. I was saying that I love them. No, no I know what I mean. <laughs> just talking as a dad We're being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, well. We have, oh, yeah. Like, okay. it's, it's fun to teach them. Yeah, I don't know if I want my own. But um, <laughs> it's fun to, like, have other people's, like, rent other people's kids. No, just kidding. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, it's. 
they're paying you. So the, you're uh, they're renting you in effect. This in one sense. smells. Bring Fast. him back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Change him. No. Um, <laughs> I see your kitty in the background. So cute. Yeah. That's my big one. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's my dog basically. Yeah. He thinks yeah, he's the dog. ninja's hiding. Your, your yeah. cat dog. The other one, I don't yeah. know where she is, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I think it was just like, I was finally, well, I mean, I had, I had to find work cause I was laid off from my bartending gig and I was laid off from my, I was teaching or I was like working on after school program and doing some private lessons there, which right. was going well. You know, just from the way you're saying what you've done and the way you are, permit me, you're an old soul and a free spirit at the same time. <laughs> that's, Seriously? I mean, that's, that's what yeah. you give me. You're an old soul and a free spirit. And I, I love that. I like that. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we're fans we're fans you're stuck with us pal i hate to say uh, it we, we talked so, about this i was like while. when i saw your i was like what is this and i looked when i saw the video that you made of <laughs> like your t- tiny little like sorry not sorry tiny, yeah. i was like this is so amazing like, I, I have an anecdote for you about that in a second but i do want to tell you like we talk about this every once in a while is when i like t- trying to define the boxes that we kind of want to check off before inviting someone to the show. And there's a lot of just like amorphous stuff. How does it feel? Yeah, they seem cool, but they're a little bit full of themselves. So fuck it. Or (laughs) they're not full of themselves, but they just, they seem not boring. Just like they they haven't done anything interesting. Like, because they just, they're full. Like, okay. They they might have millions of followers on fucking TikTok or whatever. It's like, who cares? Don't give a shit about that. We want to talk to interesting people who have a, and it's not even about moral fiber. It's not about like, you know, upstanding citizens. It's just like a little bit rebellious is cool, whatever. We don't care. But there's some kind of undercurrent that runs through all of the people that attract us to them in order to invite them to the show. Hardworking, creative, a little bit weird, a little bit out there. And just it's hard to define but you you get all of that for us in spades. We're like, we just we just know we get it. And it's about reading between the lines, right? And it's like how do you tell someone like what attracted them to you to your show without having we don't have a mission statement, you know? No, I mean it's I don't have to define it. I'm just glad that I made the cut. Totally. And it's <laughs> no, like but it's just listen, don't put it on a resume. It's people vision <laughs> yeah. thinks I'm cool. Okay, bye. <laughs> Who cares about vision? Right? No, but just from just from the way you're talking, your life experiences, and the way you do, it, and the way you you seem to like view things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm. You're good people. Aww, you guys. You're good people. We like you, man. We yeah. like you very much. So I think you. I think your students are very lucky. Yeah, Aww. absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And seriously, yes. man, that I is feel so privileged. Like I think about, cause I think about like that first guitar teacher that I was telling you about and like how much of an impression he made on me and my other teachers. And I'm just like, I have these moments like every day that I'm teaching. I'm like, like I might be that for them. And that's just feels so yeah. amazing. Yes. You definitely cool. are. There's no doubt. It's about like it. such a that's privilege. Cool, that's if awesome. we were to interview all your students, we would have the same kind of story. Maybe a slightly different flavor along the way, but just basically. That would be interesting. She's so cool. Oh, my God. You don't believe it. So she's funny I, I, and she knows what she's talking about. And it's so funny, stuff. though, because it's the first time where I'm like, I'm um, definitely an older person now for like the first time in my life. I'm like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm teaching all these Zoomers like the 
Gen Z and like, this yeah. This is Laura trying to be careful not to try and insult us. We're 50. Oh, don't worry about proud. it. It's <laughs> like, go nuts. It's all good. No, man. but it's, it's just so funny. Like the, it's the first time I was like, well, back in my day, like before YouTube, like it's, it's, we, it's Laura, really we do interesting. That every time, every time we're on camera, we're constantly bitching about the younger generation, not knowing how easy they have it compared to <laughs> us sitting next to a tape deck recording music so that, that we can hear the fucking but lyrics. They also have it tough because I don't know. I'm so glad. I like just missed the mark growing up with like, I didn't grow up with social media and I didn't grow up with smartphones and like, I am Good. so glad because yeah. that's got to be so hard for them. Cool. I, I just want to give you a very quick anecdote about the, the, the tiny T-Bows. I love doing that shit because yeah. it's like a fucking question mark. Like what the, what is, is he, is he fucking mocking me? Is he being serious? Like I put no, effort so- into the baseline. Like I want the bass and the drum sound fucking good. And then there's this little dude, the fucking shaker guy is an asshole. Like, dude, <laughs> dude like, no, what the I fuck? Cause it, it makes you want to go and find like, what the fuck? So first of all, right. hopefully they're clicking on your name. So they go to your profile and see you. And then they're like, what the fuck is the tiny Tebos? And if you search the hashtag, it's brand new for me. Cause I've only started a while ago. You see all of the videos that have tiny Tebos in it. Yeah. And it's like, Okay. Awesome. And you can't help but be like drawn into the talent that I'm paying tribute to. That's what it's about. <laughs> but it's a fucking weird question it. mark. And I was like, that's so cool that he chose our video. See, see when, when I finally up. get around to posting some sort of video of me singing <laughs> it or whatever, I hope he does it, but I want to do a counter one with I'm there with a fly swatter. <laughs> like killing the fucking Tebos, oh, the, the very last, awesome. the very last one awesome. a spatula in the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> I love you on the spit, right? Tiny barbecue Tebos. Oh my god, funny. <laughs> and uh, it's only out of respect and admiration for. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, uh, seven years into this, but it's just it's it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy doing it, and it worked. It, it also has about the background. If someone's doing a shaky camera i can't do it because they have to be sitting mm. somewhere right sure yeah. your patio is perfect and there's a and and drums there's a thing the, and then they're sitting you know and you're <laughs> just hanging out on the banister yes <laughs> no it's so i love uncomfortably it. close like you know right there hey that's great <laughs> yeah, I sent it, no i sent i saw i sent it to molly i was like oh my god like look at this he's so <laughs> fucking weird and but now I mean, he's asked me to be on like the show. Said, that's the first time I do Tiny Tebow's and invite the, as a guest. That's uh, that's yeah. never happened before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> I, it was just it was a no brainer. It was a no brainer. <laughs> all right. So having said all that, um, let's talk about Molly. How did you connect with Molly? When did that begin? Is this a lifelong friend? Is well, give it, give it, a, yeah, give it a little bit of background. Explain like, yeah. who Molly is. How did that come Molly's about? Molly's definitely. I will. Yeah, I will start off saying she's like lifelong friend, like soul sister, just like family. And her mom, her her mom and her moved here together shortly after I moved here. I moved here like three years ago and they came to one of my shows um, for her mom's birthday, Cool, which is in early March. And they, um, they came and I noticed them immediately. Like when I was playing, I was playing a solo show and it was at a brewery. Um, it was kind of noisy, not good acoustics. And it's just like a massive space, like very kind of metallic. Um, but it was a cool event. It was for International Women's Day and they had just a bill of like solo female artists. I was playing like in the afternoon on a Sunday, I think. Um, and yeah, Molly and her mom show up and 
they're just being the most like attentive, supportive audience members. And you always notice that as a performer, especially if, you know, a lot of people are there for different reasons. They're just like meeting up and having a drink with friends. They didn't come to see music, which is fine. But um, but they clearly came to see the music. So I was like, I'm going to talk to these ladies afterwards. Like, they're awesome. Cool. And one of my friends who um, who came to see me, she had already started talking to them and became friends with them, like, during my set. Um, and so afterwards, yeah, I just I she was my friend. Catherine had already, like, chatted them up. So I just sat down with them and we talked. And, um, yeah, and Molly and I just immediately connected. Um over kind of like some personal like health stuff that we both have a lot of like commonality on that I I had never met anybody else who kind of like had what I have going on, like some chronic health stuff. And then, so that was like a big um, connection. And then she was, she was so humble, but she was like, yeah, I also like, I sing a little bit. And she's like, she's been in like the band Mamuse and, and this um, acapella group that was like very popular in California called Sirens. And she's made, she's been on tons of albums. Like she's had a total music career, but she was just like, yeah, wow. like I sing. So I was like, well, we should meet up and sing together. Um, and um, yeah. And, and then we met up and it was just like, so easy and we knew a lot of the same songs we loved a lot of the same music so so we just started meeting up and playing like our favorite cover songs that's just how it started and it's so cool because they they came there was there were like four people playing that day for that international women's day um concert and they they were just looking for things to do for molly's mom's birthday and they found that and then they listened to all the people and, and Molly was like, yeah, I want to go see her music. So she heard my music. And so it was just, it was very fateful. Love it. Um, yeah. And I feel lucky. Cause like, I feel like she would have just gotten scooped up in some other musical project. So like, it's, I'm really happy that we met like close to, you know, n- not, not that far after we both moved here um, cool. and, and started playing together. And it was, it was mostly just like, for it was for fun like for a really long time and then once um covid uh kind of took over the scene um we realized that we could like safely do it outside on her porch and that's when we started we were getting together like three times a week and just doing it for our like mental and emotional health um perfect (laughs) and and then i i'm the one molly calls me her millennial um, she's like a little, she's, she's, she's Gen X, I'm millennial. That's and so, awesome. but I was the one who was kind of like, we should like, can, like, can I record us? Like, I want to post some of these like yeah. to Instagram, Facebook. And she was reluctant, but fi- like, I, I did get some videos. Um, and, and like, there was just an outpouring of like love and support for what we were doing. And like, especially, um, from her people. Cause she was, she had been kind of like not doing a ton musically the past few years. Okay. And she just had people who like were big fans of her and like, yeah. So they were, it was so cool to see like her people just get so excited about it. And so you became an instant friend to so many of her fans that were <laughs> yeah. like, come on, get back out there. Fuck, cool. What the hell's That's wrong awesome. with you, Molly? You're so talented. Do it. Like, oh, thank you so much, Laura. Um, you recognize the talent. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. No, it is. It is so sweet too. I haven't been in like, uh, you know, a, a duo or like a band basically where you're just 
like 50, 50, everything, like in terms of creativity and then you're, yeah, kind of sharing an audience and I'm, yeah, we've definitely overlapped with like connecting with, um, that's cool. That's the best. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's this so, beautiful interplay. I mean, just in, in the video that I, that I duetted with you, but in all the other ones too, just, this connection with the eyes uh, is, is immediately recognizable where you're constantly oh, just looking and it's like, you know, uh, and it's like the knowledge of like, okay, you're and, and to stay on time and to know when it's like <laughs> the inflection is like, and this immediate, you know, like 15, 16 times during the song where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's like uh, constant communication, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful to watch. And how much of your repertoire, I mean, I guess not repertoire, but uh, how much of your musical raison d'etre, like when you're concentrating on gigs as a solo artist, obviously this, this is a priority for you, but how much of your schedule involves the duo? I mean, do you guys work on everything together, some things? What's the, what's the balance that you've struck with Malia for, for that kind of repertoire? Um, what do you mean we work on everything together? Well, I'm just curious because you're you're doing some you're doing some videos on Facebook and whatnot to you know to sort of showcase the things that you guys do together and but you're also working on things by yourself. So is is it is all of your music with Molly? Is some of it? I mean, how much? Oh, how you much mean like my original music? Your original music versus what you do with Molly is are they two different entities? Is there is there? Like yeah, a they're they're two different entities, but they they merge some. So like with with the album that we're recording. Um, it's mostly covers because that's like generally what we've done. And, and we have um, two original songs, one that she wrote and I wrote a guitar part to it. And then one that I wrote that she helped me with some of the um, harmonies and stuff. So, cool. um, yeah, so we like are joining. We're we're kind of navigating that, figuring out like um, I I really want to write with her. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm letting her like warm up to that, and and it's like vulnerable. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm in a very collaborative space because I was so much like just a solo artist for so long. So right. I'm just like I want to write with everybody and like do, yeah. So um, yeah, I I hope eventually that we'll um write together. But yeah, right now we're just like really enjoying um playing cover songs that we love, and then um you know, bringing in, bringing in our own songs that we write on our own and then seeing how we can kind of ameliorate them together. Um, but yeah, so there's two originals on the album and it's a nine track album. So seven covers, two originals. Um, and we, we do really like kind of the craft of making a cover song our own and like, yeah, yeah. so that's been fun to explore. But yeah, my, my own. Tell us the name of that album and where people could find it, because that's an important part of the, yeah, it's not out yet. Um, we're working on okay. it. Um, okay. Sorry, what I mean to say is that where people should know, know about yeah. when it's available is, is yeah. there a separate site for the two of you or is it through your social? Not yet. Um, we, okay. No, so people can go to my website, lauraboswell.com, and I have everything linked there. Um, there. The Indiegogo, we did a crowdfunding campaign for the album a couple yeah. months ago, and there's a link to that, and that has a video that where we talk about um, you know, our journey and meeting each other and then like share different clips of us singing. So that's still up. And I have a link to that on my website. Um, cool. That's kind of yeah. what I was driving to, because if there was a separate sort of brand or website for that, then I would have referred people to that now before we talk about how they can find out about yeah, you. Sure. Yeah, if they're, they're basically going to go to your website to find out about that project. And so yeah. we'll to that, of course, yeah, that will evolve. Um, that will evolve, but I do have a separate Instagram. Um, it's called, it's um, at Wellspring Duo. So we're called Wellspring. Um, okay. 
which which we like. Well, the definition of wellspring is a source of continual supply. Yeah. And so we we just feel that from our music with like yeah. how healing cool. it works for us. And our my last name is Boswell, and then her last name is Hartwell. So oh, that's yeah. awesome! Very so, cool. Yeah. Very so cool. Wells, we're gonna be called Wells. We're we're called Wellspring, and that's the album is gonna be self titled. It's our first album, so it'll be Wellspring. Um, yeah. Um, but most of that is it's all linked up to my. So if you look up me on Instagram at Laura Boswell. I have the link to our page. Right, and, right. And our profile. Well, we're going to provide all the links to the, to, to that uh, project. All right. To the Thank Wellspring you. duo, as well as your links. It's all going to be in the description. So you, there's no uh, questioning. If you're curious to know more about that, of course you well, go and click the link uh, because that is a wonderful project. And I just love the backstory, the creation story of you guys yeah, awesome. meeting under those circumstances. It's just a wonderful way to sort of, wow, let's just, obviously we need to do something together. Like, come on, let's get on, you know, come on, let's make music. That I'm no one's ever right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> already yeah, I well, spring this is the way I Instagram. always do it in our show. Yeah. Right? <laughs> in the show live, because you don't want to forget. <laughs> I have to find these links after. Thankless job. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> of all the work that I do, it's all about me. No, that's wonderful. Wellspring Duo. I think that's a wonderful initiative. Got it. I'm glad you're doing it. And sort of dragging her out of her comfort zone to say, you know, be more visible, more public. I think that's wonderful. Dra- there's no dragging. It's it's like... like you wouldn't, you wouldn't call it that way. I, that's just my words. I'm not gently, trying to put like, that, pushing... So- there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn! Fucking Instagram. <laughs> they only give you the shorts follow on IGTV yeah. it's like nah I want to listen now right, that's that's very cool thank you for sharing that now having spoken about your collaboration with Molly I do want to drive to the stuff that you are doing that you're working on but with a little bit of sort of I just want to put a brief emphasis on the foundation of that and so I was curious to know if you could give me just sort of brief synopsis of your the mindset that you had leading up to the release of Counting Eyes in 2014. I see like things that just that I think about immediately, right? The videography, all right? Adding a new dimension to your musical vision. I think unless there's something else that I don't know about, this is to me the first sense we get being a, a spectator online of seeing like, oh, wow, okay, there's some really cool stuff happening here. Like the drone work on Counting Eyes, right? I mean, there's a lot of effort being put into making this fucking pop like really this is not just your regular tune take a look and listen at all of this at the same time this is back in 2014 so this is still very early on in your development as as an artist and how you're going to be perceived by your public so tell me about your frame of mind going into that 2014 release yeah so i mean it's all of this like the idea to make an album and then making the album and then the release and then that music video, that's across a spread of like three, four years. Um, so like the video happened, the video was not planned. That was like totally spontaneous. No shit. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> on vacation. I was like, on the the I, was, <laughs> I was on a road trip out West and wow. in like Oregon and, um, and Washington. And I happened to see the, uh, high school friend, a close high school friend of mine was also in Seattle when I was. And so, um, that's like one of the silver linings of social media. I think he posted on Facebook. He was like, like who's in Seattle? And I was like, I am. (laughs) Um, and so, and him and his friend were out West, um, 
working on their videography and photography portfolios, like for cool. a new business. So they had right drones, on. they had their, and so we met up to just try, like camp together. Cause I was like, um, I was just kind of camping at that time on my own. And, but we met up and then I was just like, would you guys want to maybe like make a music video? <laughs> and, and yeah, just like, would Smart that girl. like mutually beneficial? Awesome. Um, and, and they were totally game for it. And, and it, um, so we had that plan, but we were driving down, um, it's highway one up in, I know it well. Oregon. It well. Yeah. Yeah. So we were driving down there and like, I, they were like 20 minutes in front of me. We we're driving to our next campsite but um, I see this pull off. I'm like, oh my god, this is epic! I ha- I have to pull off. Like, I'm gonna pull off here. Um, and they this have is so off cool that it happened by mistake. Are you fucking kidding me? It totally and, looks planned. And like they were there already. Like, we didn't communicate. They had pulled off there too, and they had their cameras and there. And we both were just like totally drawn to this spot. Um, I love it. And. Yeah. And then, um, I think they suggested, they were like, you want to just get some shots? We did it in like 30 minutes and it was amazing because there, it was like a spot that people were pulling off at. And then there's that pinnacle yes, that I'm standing on. Yeah. So I think there were some people in front of me, but there were like, yeah, we, we just had it enough to ourselves that we could just get those shots and did a few takes. And That's I was awesome. like crusty, like in the same clothes, like <laughs> I had been in for like, camping clothes. Yeah. That's the authenticity. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we, sh- so, um, that was so cool. That was amazing. Yeah. I'm so lucky. That was my friend, um, James Bassett Khan, and then uh, my friend Ian Mason, and they're like both amazing creatives and always doing really interesting stuff. So that was like totally spontaneous, like oh, very man. lucky. I'm so um, glad I asked. Like seriously, I yeah, envisioned you guys you got the- scoping locations, and no, it's not right in the time yeah, of day, like- and we have to go in June and not July because of the rains. I'm like, I don't know, fuck no, you know. Literally, I'm, just, I'm, I'm romanticizing this shit out of it. Pee and have a cigarette. Oh, fuck, right, let's you're having a smoke. You basically, <laughs> I, you didn't shoot you know, a video. Let's do it, man. But yeah, that I'm kind of like a recovering perfectionist and like a recovering planner. Like <laughs> I like to have general plans. But There's I such do, a like, thing as recovering perfectionist. There's such I, a thing. I might have coined the term. That's what I say. Okay, I, then we'll take uh, your word for it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm working. I know a few. <laughs> well, I'm actively working against my perfectionistic tendencies. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I do that every second of the day and I have no problem. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, control. Yeah. Control. So, that, so that was. So I started on the tail end. You asked about the album. So the album came about like I had, I started songwriting when I was like 14, 15. Okay. And like, it was all, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what it was, but it's it was 14, 15. It's normal. It's yeah. the first ones and you're, you know, hey, yeah. You know, it's normal. And you know what's funny is like I I don't this will never be released probably only to my closest friends but I did record a full length album with a family friend who um cool. was a recording engineer and, and taught bass at Penn State and we recorded that when I was in high school and like it's just like by the time that it was finished like my voice had changed so much like in terms of my vocal technique and um, my songwriting style had just matured and I just like, I was like, I don't really like these songs anymore, but I do have like, 
I think it's like a 12 song record of like my earliest songs, which is really cool, but absolutely it's kind of, it's hard for me to listen to. <laughs> it's, it's a picture of where you were and you can compare it to where you are. Totally. So yeah. But it's not, gap. not for the public. Um, That's cool. It, it was intended to be originally, but um, I think it was, yeah, it just took a little bit, took a little bit to get finished. I was in, I started college and then, um, Paul is a university professor. So I was just like, and he was just doing it like, you know, out of the goodness of his heart. So, um, but I think that by the time I got it back, I was like, Oh shit. Like my voice has changed. Like my, <laughs> I like my new songs better. Like, I don't think I want to like really grown so much in that time yeah. that it took to cut the album that you're like, Meh, all right. Nah, it well, it was, I just had started like performing a lot more. And I think the more yeah. that you do that, then I just, I got more control over my voice. I, I got, my voice became stronger, like my vocal technique just from doing it more. Um, yeah. So then, so counting eyes is like my first album that I released. Um, that just came about from, so my, my last year in college, I started, um, I finally got a car. I didn't have a car. So I was just like on campus pretty much, but I got a car and I started kind of like, um, branching out into the local music scene in Greensboro. And I went to this great open mic um, where I met the guy who ended up recording my CD. Um, and I met this amazing viola violist who recorded on that CD and she's going to record on the CD too. But cool. they, I just played some of my own songs and they were like, they really liked it. They were like, have you ever thought about recording? And so um, I was like, okay, that would be cool. Um, so I got connected with, um, his name is Ben Singer, and he's a really amazing person, um, musician and audio engineer in Greensboro and programmer. And um, yeah, I was, I just, he kind of asked me if I'd be interested in working on a project, um, awesome. recording project. I know he, like, he was really interested in my music and was like, oh, you don't have any, you don't have it recorded. Like, I'd love to help you. We got to fix um, that. We got to make sure it's recorded. Let's do it. Yeah, it was, like, this. it was so everybody's being really supportive um, of my original music, which is I can't imagine why. Like, seriously, why would anyone want to do something? Well, for not you? A, You're so know, selfish, like... self-centered, really don't give a shit about anything. Like, come on, let's just be honest. It's obvious why people it's... would be just immediately enticed by the idea of like, we have to help. Laura, uh -huh. we, we gotta get that stuff out there. So yeah, it's no surprise. Well, it's no amazing surprise. when people show up like that. So that was one of those moments and um, yeah, I kind of just like piled together the songs I written that I that I really felt good about. And it, in some ways, like that album doesn't feel linear to me. Like it's, it feels a little bit like a hodgepodge because it was just right. like my first album that I was releasing to the public. And um, but it's good to have a tapestry like that. It's important. I mean, really need to see all the different sort of aspects of what have ha, has inspired you over the course of many years it's not a it's not a focused concept album like i'm gonna go for this oh, right no i had no i like, love those i love I that sort of like, like all I'm, different colors and it's weird and strange and wonderful right <laughs> well thanks um yeah because there were i think there have been times where i feel self-conscious about that album where i'm like it doesn't totally fit up and a lot of it's like sad i don't know like heartbreak songs from when i was like nice it is what it is that's all <laughs> yeah so but you know that's and then um yeah and then i was still kind of working on it a little bit remotely after i had moved out to la and started my graduate program and so it was and i i did do a kickstarter for that one um but so i was working on that and i did the kickstarter like 
when I had already moved out to LA. So it was just, my head was kind of in a bunch of different places. And like, I didn't, um, I didn't do any press. I mean, I didn't know anything about like, I, I just was like, I wanted to record an album and then here you go. I just sent it to all the people who donated to the Kickstarter. And then I have an album to, you know, have at shows when I play. Right. But yeah, I didn't do any press or anything or that was not on my radar. I was like in grad school and, you know, just going through, going through it, just like hard on myself and trying to, yeah, figure out how I was going to uh, afford to live in LA with like a master's in music performance. <laughs> I was just like, exactly. what an interesting yeah, perspective Jesus. to have that recording at a time when like things were maybe trying to convince yourself that things are pretty sure, but in reality, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then yeah. so fast forward now, if you'll permit me to 2017, right. So fall away. And there's a very different vibe going on, obviously. And so what are some of your best, maybe worst memories of preparing for that release. And just to preface this, I want to mention that your video for time, it says part two. I don't know if I missed part one or part one is on, is on the album counting eyes. I already had a song called time. So one of my bandmates suggested, and I don't know if you've seen it Enzo, but I will tell you that there's because we were talking about video editing before we started the call and Enzo and I have access to this sort of repertoire of video footage and like copyright free video footage. Enzo and I use for various things, right? So just, you know, to help uh, bolster our our video content uh, creation uh, uh, exercises. And so one of the ones that I use has so much footage. We're just talking like it's got everything from soup to nuts. And there are some (laughs) some, uh, creators that have posted uh, forest scenes of this sort of, you know, the dulcet vixen walking through in a shady, you know, very glowy sort of barefoot into the mossy grass. And I'm, I'm like, fuck it, there it is. This is the real version. This is this is a real human being. You can see the face and the song. I'm like, oh my god, this is and it's so much better than the oh, I'm glad that you that like I that. See. Against all I thought I knew, And, it, and I was just working on one of my cover videos that I use a clip from the forest scene shortly before discovering your TikTok and doing the duet. And oh, I'm like, cool. what? There's a fucking symbiosis going on here. <laughs> and I'm going to pay attention video. to the symbioses. It's so crazy. Like, and I'm thinking, I'm always thinking with the production hat on. So, you know, when you're just, you're draped over the moss laden log and you're barefoot and it looks like a, you know, a fantasy scene, but I'm like, is there any bugs that she's fucking worried about? Like she must be fucking so uncomfortable right now, but you're doing it for the shot. And I'm like, that's such dedication. I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. And really? walking barefoot through the wet grass and like, you are fucking hardcore dedicated to getting the shot. Dude, with half a bottle of wine and you, you do anything. That'd be cool. I don't know. And it's, it's, but it's beautiful. It's picturesque. Oh, like thank you. Fed, you. I was cold. This is not traveling. I, was cold. I wasn't one. worried about bugs, but I was cold. It was like <laughs> early in the morning. Yeah, and I was chilly it's, and damp. It's beautiful. But, it's an amazing creation. I think uh, just kudos to what uh, you've done. Like, really inspiring. An amazing production. And so, you. having said that, now there's a different mindset. 2017 release leading up to this. Right. What is going through your mind about, like, your expectations for this album after the tapestry that is your release of 2014? 
Well, so this album I intended, well, I was, I was just ready to record another album. Like I had a grouping of songs that, you know, were kind of stylistically in this new, like I was talking about how my style kind of evolved when I was um, in school, listening to a bunch of classical music. So these are songs that I wrote, um, you know, kind of after, like during and after that period. Um, and I had started uh, a band that played my my original music in my hometown after I left LA. Okay. And I really wanted to capture the sound because it's really unique. I The first person who I started playing with was an accordion player, uh, this really badass um, woman, Denise Strayer. And then um, I started playing with um, a drummer that she played with off, often, Josh Troop, and then um, rotating bass players. And then I had... Um, my really good friend, Eric Ian Farmer, he was playing Cajon. So I had like two percussionists and an accordion player and then a guitar and then sometimes bass. So I was like, this is unique. It's just like the people that came together and like were game to do it. And it was a cool sound. So I was like, I definitely want to record this sound because I don't know if we're going to, you know, (laughs) be playing together forever. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And I worked with this great, um, sound engineer Bob Klotz um, who works at Penn State and um, yeah he was amazing to work with and yeah that that was really the goal behind that I was like I just want to capture this period of time and and this sonic atmosphere of this this group that I'm playing with which I think is kind of unique it wasn't I wouldn't have been like okay I'm gonna form a band like I want accordion I want it, it just no, that's it it just happened which it is happened cool. and I and I loved it I love the accordion like it, she yeah. used it as a drone you know atmospheric mm-hmm. I love that kind of um, spooky stuff right I mean yeah, it's like haunting, when you yeah. use an instrument in uh, not the wrong way but in like a very unique it's way. not polka music it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah no exactly I mean, um it's it's, it's, it's cool. a color it's like a texture so um yeah that was the impetus behind that I I basically I'm I'm never like I mean you're asking me like what was my hope and plan I'm not I'm I just feel this like intrinsic need to record and like share music like I have to create It's it. called being an artist. <laughs> I just have to or else I don't yeah something bad will happen. It's like I have to get it out. So that it was just another one of those um Times so I was like, it's time uh, to do that. And I'm at another time where I'm like, I'm ready to release some songs, but we're doing this recording project with the duo. Um, so I'm, I want to, I have, you know, I have like, you saw my condenser microphone. I have basic recording stuff. So like my, one of my next projects is figuring out how to record myself decently at home. Cause I would love to just record an album of just my own songs kind of stripped down. Like highly recommend. Highly recommend. Nothing beats. It's yeah. not, it's not I that just, hard. I mean, there's a few. I just have a block around it because I'm a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist. So, like, I want it, you know, it's, I just want yeah, to already part, know. What part of it would you need it to be perfect? Your vocals? Your vocals? No, are, no, like the. um do it over and over until you get it it's right. It's not the so. performance. It's the audio. I'm just, like, not as familiar with the um, software and the, I'm not as confident around software and gear. Like, I'm, just, I still have kind of blocks around it. Just seeing what you've got so far online, mm-hmm. it's fucking epic. 
compared well, I didn't, to what people are thinking is is the really good stuff and they're, what they're releasing. There's so much crap out there, and you're in you're in the top percentages. You have nothing to worry about. What does uh, it mean hearing it from us? A couple of hacks from Montreal that just really like your content and really think you're awesome. Okay, that's great. It, it means it means something. I get that, but. I think that Enzo is probably one of my biggest inspirations as far as learning to not give a fuck what people think. And it took me a long it, time. That's, that's something that you work on every day. It took me oh a long yeah. Time no, it's been, I've suffered yeah. from that whole perfectionist uh, stigma for so long. And finally, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like when you, when you told us about how singing and playing at the same time, it clicked. There's something that clicked in my head too. I don't know if it was when I was doing a dad joke and a slightly too tight when I was overweight white guy on the pad telling a dad joke and actually posted it. And I'm like, I have just graduated. I don't (laughs) give a fuck. And now I can prove it by showing that, look, it's sweaty, overweight me. I would never have posted that content ever. The tiny T-bows, that kind of shit. It's all about not giving a fuck. And it doesn't mean like anything the, until you yeah. find the way to th- just have that same click. I don't know. No, it's great. And I have, I did have that click almost like simultaneously with my 30th birthday. I'm 31, but like it, I was just like, it doesn't make sense to give a fuck. It just doesn't make right? sense. Like my life is so much better. It's just, I just shouldn't care as much or like, I don't care as much. And it's not, things don't have to turn out a certain way. They're never going to turn out the way that if you like have the specific vision for how your life is supposed to go. Cause that, that was my pitfall was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to graduate school. It's going to go like this, 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 this. And like, yeah, life, like, life doesn't allow for no, your storybook so like, endings. No, it's all my twenties, I got schooled with like that. Yeah. That's not how it works. And so now I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm totally. Well, just, it's just like, about that pendulum coming the- back to the other <laughs> sense a little bit. You're, you're on the right track, man. You got nothing to worry about. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm as not- for recording at home and, and doing it yourself, it's like your classical guitar playing. Yeah. Just record a song and keep playing with the dials. Sorry. Keep playing with the freaking mouse. Yeah. With just the mouse. Keep no, trying. It's not dials keep or faders trying. anymore. Yeah. Keep, yeah. You'll get it. Okay. It's, just do it. Yeah. I just want to, I mean, I would don't go have, crazy. Don't go spend $15,000 on a freaking computer. <laughs> no, oh, I, if you can afford it, do it. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. There's no such thing yeah. as too much gear, but that's just our, one of our it, problems. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a work in progress. I mean, we've been doing it now for what, three years, two, three years. And every day that I go mix, Here's yeah. something new. I should try that. You know, he's recording. Look at all the crap he records. One day he tears down his drum set. Next day he's got six inputs on his bass. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And he's just trying. He's going and going and yeah. going. Right. And, I and know, songs, I songs that I've released repetition. only months ago are a reflection of stuff that I didn't understand how to mix bass properly or I didn't understand drums properly or I had not enough tracks or the guitar sounded like crap, but it's released and it's just like a bah, whatever. It's a learning experience. Yeah, we're telling you stuff that you already know, though. I mean, the block around just like doing it in general because I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but you just learn from doing it. So, um, yeah, I got Logic Pro and I'm just need to mess with it. (laughs) Start record your vocal, record a click track, record a guitar, and then just what is this? And you've seen so many people do it. I got hung up on like. You know, a lot of people tell you you need to like have all this sound treatment and your space, no. and that's bullshit. No, it's so bullshit. The you more can... you have, the worse it is. Yeah, sorry, I would but, agree. You know, I would agree. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll harken back here. You see the poster in the back? 
They recorded their best stuff 45 fucking years ago. Four tracks. What did they have? Yeah. Oh, the beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen to that crap. And the yeah, Zoom no, meet everything. Mean, it, it is all about the performance. And like, yes, it is. Some it's of my favorite different. albums are recorded on like a four track in somebody's basement. And exactly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And trust me, no one's going to give a fuck if you have a bass trap in your corner and if you have padding on the wall. And nobody gives a shit. Like literally, take a fucking take a laundry okay, hamper and put it over your head. Me, you're giving if me a laundry support. hamper over your head is fucking fine. Yeah, we'll you, you, you want a vocal booth? You really want a vocal booth like <laughs> totally. in a studio? Open your closet and walk in. There you go. That's well, it. no, that's like I, I just need to get this is my closet. I need to like. There you go. Get, yeah, I could. The go best place that. to sing is standing up in your bathtub. <laughs> It's really? literally the best place. Yeah, the, the or on your roof the, or whatever feels right. Because well, no, it, you know, it makes you perform that song even better, right? I mean, we, when when we did our, in the moment. <laughs> do you remember what I had you do, Paul? Thirty years, twenty five years ago, we recorded well, our original band from twenty five years ago. Thing we, recorded, the, we were in a practice studio, but it was in a basement, and I, I literally had. I don't remember how I did it. I had him singing in the doorway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had a mic at the top of the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Echo chamber. Remember? And it was the cement. Uh, and I, yeah. yeah. And to, yeah. When, I, when I worked on the song last year, because we finally released this after 30 years. Yeah. It's been sitting around. Hmm. I was like, that's where I used it. Because there's a take on his vocals where he screams. And I'm you like. found it. <laughs> it's it's the the screaming wandering still yeah. where yeah. he just tails off and I'm like there's no reverb on this there's no delay that's his natural voice how the fuck do we do that and it just clicked it's him screaming and, and using my technique no way all in the stairway right? or whatever the fuck yeah so it's like we guys, improvised we made it up yeah yeah so you guys go way way back around 184 yeah. years <laughs> we roughly. yeah we started our Give original bands what 93. Yeah, we started yeah. together in '93. Um, yeah, yeah. Then we, we broke up because we hit that age, you know, when you become me. I know, no, fuck you, no, I know. Too many egos <laughs> in the kitchen, right? So we had to close the oh. kitchen. <laughs> but Enzo, fucking, Enzo brought it all back to, 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 to basic. And you yeah. both live in Montreal. Yeah, At opposite yeah. ends of the island of Montreal. I'm on the very western tip of Montreal, and Enzo is south and east of the island of Montreal. Off. Off the island, yeah. We're like two hours apart, but we're in Montreal. No, it's about it's about it's about fifty five minutes. Montreal traffic, we're five hours apart, but yeah. And, and if if I get a scotch in me, we're only like thirty five minutes apart. Oh, we're actually ten seconds okay. apart because of fucking Zoom and uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to make. I came to Montreal when I was a kid, um, and my mom is really big into French, and I studied French, so like I would like to go up there sometimes. So maybe I'll so come play a you, show. You're always it's welcome to come and hang city. out. We'll show you beautiful the puffs city. to avoid. First of all, and there are a couple of microbreweries. If you if you've got the uh, you know, well, I like breweries, doing that's I like fun too because house concerts, breweries are not. I like doing house concerts or like yeah. intimate. Like, isn't that cool? Like, our, one of our previous guests, Wanda Truly, she had told us like, we're totally. I'm coming up. We play at your house party. We're gonna do a house party, and like, I it's I've a never been uh, exposed yeah. to it. I don't know, but I mean, I, I've played a couple house parties, but never been a guest and like in the true that's sense, the not covers, but like originals and stuff and. Getting the wine and the hors d'oeuvres and just it's the best because then you can actually have like a interactive experience and get to yeah. know each other and then you make actual connections. Well, because it's it's more intimate, right? Because it's a smaller amount and you're 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 amongst. So yeah, that's cool. And you probably I mean, don't even need amplification, like no, that's exactly doing it acoustic and all that. And if if pretty, it's duo yeah. or you know three of you or whatever, that is my yeah, like 
That's I can what I see. I can see you fitting into that so well. It, it's obvious. It's a it's a perfect fit because I mean, it's not like you don't need the seventeen piece, you know, to make that sound a wall of sound, right? It's it's very very much an intimate concert. Yeah, I love that. I think that's cool. Anyway, regardless of whatever format, whenever you're up in Montreal. It, hopefully the fucking pandemic and the you know uh, extraneous variants and all that shit will have dissipated enough. <laughs> Go and fucking show you a microbrewery or a house party or whatever the hell it is. There's yeah. lots. There's so much you know, a wonderful cultural diversity in Montreal. I mean, yeah. not trying to compare with any city in the states, but honestly, uh, yeah. it's it's always it's always an inspiration for us when we get back to it. Hopefully, we'll see you one day. Now. Yeah. I wanted to get to this roundabout way from the 2014 release to 2017 right, right, right. and getting up to your motivations or however you want to approach it for a place to be. So this three song EP, I have to mention something. There's one thing that I caught on uh, loss. I was listening to that this morning and, uh, and also uh, stalking your Instagram profile to try and get some history, to get more insight into things from five, six years ago. And I saw these pictures of you, holding uh an owl like a, is it a screech owl, owl or some kind yeah, of owl or something? screech owl right a beautiful a cute little animal and it, 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 that you're comfortable enough being that close to it actually holding it well i was training to be i was training to work at this um nature center no kidding okay all right i didn't get the context of it because i was literally just flipping through right but i did catch that and i'm like okay that's interesting and so i'm listening to some of your I tracks like this morning. <laughs> it shows and so in loss there's an owl sound to like a third of the way through. It's a, it's a morning dove, actually. A lot Isn't of people, mis- a lot of people oh, mistake it for an owl. It's a my morning mistake, dove. My mistake. Well, so here's my interpretation of it as I'm listening to it this morning yeah. where I hear the bird chirping and then the note becomes a solid note right on key. And then it goes <laughs> cool. back and I'm like, fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Who's going to notice that? Anyone who's listening carefully obviously will. But I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was very special. And it's it's interesting that you took the time to it's like the uh, the scene in Lord of the Rings where they try and combine Gandalf and Saruman to the same voice because they want to confuse you and not, you know, you're not sure if which guy is it. Is it the good guy or the bad guy? I had that moment where I'm like, is it a bird or a note or a keyboard or what the <laughs> fuck is it? What the hell is going on? That's brilliant. I love it. And I'm it's like keep them wanting more in whatever way, shape, or form that you can, and you you nailed that. You nailed that. That is an That's honor. One to aspect have, of like the experience of listening to my music compared to the experience of watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and like better. source, like sorcery. I love that. So tell us about leading into this three song EP. How's the how's the mind working at this point? You've got two good releases under your belt, and now you're coming into this one. Where, where were you? Where was your head at? I mean, honestly, it's the same thing. I'm just like, I got to get some songs out. Like, I got to get them off my chest. Um, like I had, um, well, it was that, but also um, the engineer and musician that I worked with, his name is Daniel Sheeran. He's an incredible musician. You should look him up, Dan Sheeran. He's in the band River Wireless, um, which is a great, great band from, based in this area. Um but I met him at a, at a show and I heard him play and loved his songs, went and talked to him afterwards. He gave me his EP. We, we exchanged CDs um, and I put it in my car. And I think I, I had been through kind of like a rough couple of years. And I, I realized like once I put on his EP, I hadn't even really been like listening to music for leisure. Like I, I was not... I don't, I don't listen to tons of music, honestly. It's, it's, it's interesting there. I have friends who just like, 
put on music, whatever they're doing. I find it hard to focus on, like, if I'm listening to music, I want it to be like what I'm playing. Yeah, you want to focus on the music, sure. Right. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times I don't listen to music. So I'd gone, I just like wasn't tapped into it, but I, I put on his EP and it just like hit me in that, I don't know, heart space of, where I don't know any music that you just hold dear to your heart like stays and it just brings up all of these emotions and you yeah you like when you hear something that's so powerful like it's just um tied to like wherever you were or like where you know in in space at that time and like you just really remember it like how you felt when you heard that music for the first time so I listened to that album a lot and I was like holy shit this is amazing and I want to record something like this. I want to work with this guy. So I got in touch cool. with him. Um I was just thinking to just do like a single because I was self-funding it. Um and yeah I'm like bartending. I don't got lots of cash lying around. So I, I we were just gonna do one song. Um we met up and um and then I was thinking about which ones I want or what which one I wanted to do and then it evolved into it was going to be more economical, like cost effective to record more songs. It was just going to be more expensive just to record one song versus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I'd be paying more to do more songs, but like the per song would be less. So I was like, okay. Yeah, gonna... yeah no, no, we know. We, we just had this conversation yesterday. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent talking <laughs> albums versus well. singles versus yeah. EPs. And yeah. Yeah. So it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's totally ridiculous, but Hey, it is what it yeah, is. Right. So, <laughs> I recorded, I decided on two songs that kind of fit together um, in terms of like the time period that I wrote them. And I felt that they fit together stylistically. And then I recorded my first cover song ever, Nick Drake, which is um, called the the song is place to be. And I ended up calling the EP place to be because it does the songs, my original songs on there are very much exploring like transience and like not knowing kind of, or just, trying to find my place in the world, trying to find my place in just thinking a lot about um, transience and like loss. I wrote about my grandfather passing away and um, I was living in Hawaii at the time and I, for a bunch of reasons, couldn't make it to the funeral. And so, um, and then, and then Idaho to Montana, um, I wrote while I was on that road trip that we filmed the um, music video for Catching Eyes on. So um, yeah. So I just was like ready to get some songs out. Those songs felt like they had kind of were in a, like a newer stylistic period than like the ones that I released on fall away. So, um, and we recorded that like in beginning of March, 2020. And it was like, I remember going into his right right there, right there. Yeah. Yeah, right Right there. there. It was like before, really like shit really hit the fan, but it was like starting to hit the fan a little bit. <laughs> so I remember like getting to his house and I, I think it was like, we didn't hug. We were like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Now, that awkward. Like, I don't know. I was still in his house. Or... I wasn't wearing a mask, but yeah. So we recorded, yeah. we did like a Friday and a Monday and we just knocked it out. And then we went on lockdown. Then it was stay at home. Uh, orders, like right after perfect we timing. Back. I wasn't aware it was that close to the deadline. It was of, so close. Uh, so we got all my takes. Like I did, I did vocal, um, right. like layers. So like there's, this is the first, this was Dan's idea, but like I did the, where you record yourself twice. Um, so you have that kind of like whispery. 
It's it's fucking great. All of the, I mean, the the production value is really. really Thank you, well Dan's great. amazing. He worked at um, Echo Mountain Recording Studio, which is okay. like kind of the big recording studio in Asheville. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, he's great, and like I just you should definitely check out his EP if you liked my EP. Like it was, I wanted to work with him because he had this amazing sound on his. I'm sorry um, if you already said the name, but could, do, do you know the name of the e- of his EP? It, it's self-titled. So it's Daniel Sheeran and Sheeran is S H E A R I N. Right. Well, we're yeah. going to, we're going to throw something up about that here. Oh, fine. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's my job. But, um, that's what I do. But yeah, so we worked on that remotely. I was planning on coming and doing piano and like doing more, but it, like he's a multi-instrumentalist. So he ended up just adding everything else besides my guitar and voice because no power. we were, no we, were power. we were quarantining. So, but um, yeah, yeah we, right. we just went back and forth, and he, like he's amazing to work with, and that's and we're working with him on the duo album. Awesome, cool. yeah. that's great. You're creating your your studio family, right? I mean, there's so many people that just it's not about the money per se. It's not about, you know, like the outcome or the results. It's just like, it's purely for the passion, the way it should be, the way it should be. So good on you. You're creating your, your team. Uh, that really is feel- really going to come to the rescue when you're, you know, th- that next album is like, shit, we did. Okay. Boom. You can just call on your, your musical family. Right. And it's a great production. I'm so happy that you did it. And I w- the question that I wanted to ask uh, was, remembered. Okay. would you mind if I covered one of your songs at some point uh, in, in what I do is I do a Twitch stream where I play one guy live and all the tiny T-bows are playing in the back. So it's essentially a pre-recorded so that I can put uh, some emphasis on artists, friends of, of ours to say, Hey, this is a cover of right. All of these people that we've had on the show. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I would be honest. I don't know which one, but I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to sort of peruse through and, and, and see, and then I'll, yeah. and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll contact you to let you know which one uh, it just has cool. uh, made the cut or has, uh, because I have to be able to play it and do it justice. That's the, that's the criteria. So I'll bet whether the song is good enough, I got to be able to do it justice. <laughs> I'm a little we'll talk about it because a lot of my songs are in alternate tuning. So I'll, you can get with me. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I, I, that's, uh, so, that's an honor. Thank you. Well, it would, uh, it would be like a lot of fun, I think, to bring as much attention as possible, because after the fact, I mean, once the episode is gone and archived and all that, we still want to say, hey, remember when we talked with Laura? And, you know, that's that's what it's about. It's part of that initiative to sort of have frequency of, uh, you know, remembering the, the people that were on the show. So that's part of it. So I, I look forward to talking to you about which one, and uh, then you'll know, you'll know because, Hey, that's how we met. Right. Suddenly you got <laughs> tagged and like, what the fuck is this? Tiny T-ball. I love talking. it. That's like the silver <laughs> lining, the silver linings of social media, you know, right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What it brings you the chaos is yeah, awesome. When it actually brings like good, genuine connection. Like yeah. that's yeah. pretty and we've had that with so many people. Like, I mean, Enzo and I are still like, wow, I can't believe we spoke with this guy and this girl and they're just so wonderful human beings. And we just, we want to be friends with these people. That's the whole point. It's not just about a show. It's uh, cool about having an intelligent conversation with other humans instead of yeah. always seeing the numbskulls that are out there <laughs> waving the fucking, look at me. Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. look at you. I'll look at you with my sword, and I'll you <laughs> And he has a fucking sword. I've seen it. He's a bastard yeah. sword, fucking the size of a truck. All right. Ridiculous. Try to stay on your good side. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a big teddy bear. Enzo talks tough, but he wouldn't fucking hurt a fly or a marmot. Maybe is the only thing. <laughs> <he would have laughs> um, so tell us about your current shows 
What do you want? Yeah, well, to all my live shows are listed on my website. Um, that we have one. Molly and I, um, Wellspring has one coming up in a week on Saturday. It's a pretty cool house concert series called Roadmaster Stage, which is in Black Mountain. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, and then we have a show in Brevard, North Carolina. Um, at the beginning of September, but yeah, all of it's on my website. Um, definitely starting to play more. And these are, I think almost all of these are outdoor gigs. So they're still, you know, we're trying to be safe and careful about all as this. As safe as possible while bringing the entertainment value to those that are willing to check it out. That's great. Yeah. And then the, the CD is definitely the CD, the Wellspring, um, recording is what to be on the lookout for. Um, I also have an email list and I have a Patreon page that I started at the beginning of this year that um, I'm easing into. Uh, I've had, yeah, I definitely had a block around doing a Patreon and I knew about it for years, but I was finally like, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, but it's been really cool. And I've been sharing a lot of like musings about music and life and like the journey of moving in and out of perfectionism and being a classical musician. So um, if you're interested in that, I am on Patreon. You can subscribe for a dollar a month. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully there will be some, um, I would like to record some of my own original songs. I'm ready to do another EP or an album. So we'll see um, if I can get it together to do that um, at home and then send it off to, I have people who can mix it and stuff. So I Maybe. sincerely hope you do that. Honestly, it's going yeah, to be Yeah, you guys are very encouraging. I strongly encourage you to go check out Laura's Patreon page. We'll have the links to all of that in the description, as well as the website, the Instagram, any other social platforms that you're on that you would like to invite people to, to go and check you out on? I mean, I post a, a lot of my music stuff is on Instagram, and that's connected to my Facebook page, so people can find me on Facebook. There you um, go. And, uh, yeah. Instagram is good because I have everything linked to the Duo project, and um, I got a link to my Patreon page, and there are links to my concerts. So, right on, Ooh. very cool. This is so fucking rewarding to know that some. It, it's great to see the the real human being behind all of these interesting things. Uh -huh. Watch a video, you're like, okay, but what if they're an asshole in real life? And you know, like time and time again, we're just really thankful to be able to get the chance to talk to cool people. And Laura, you've come through for us in such a huge way. Really appreciate what you're doing, your creativity, your sparkling personality, your shining star. You're going to be nothing Aww, but successful. Just so keep on much. doing what you're doing. And That's Enzo, we literally were talking late last night on our own live stream on Twitch. So what the fuck? Do you sleep? And how come you haven't killed me yet? Can't believe we're still friends. <laughs> what? I ran out of gas. If not, I would have come and killed you this morning. <laughs> ah, it's a fucking convenience. Oh, my God. Thank you for making time, my brother. Appreciate you very much. And, Laura, this won't be the last time we're talking. I'll let you know okay. when I freaking go through the list and sort of have to choose. It's going to be a hard choice of which song to cover, but I look forward to that. It's going to be such an yeah, honor. Yeah, so cool. Thank you so much. And it's great to meet both of you. This won't be the last time. Won't be the last time. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, everyone. My pleasure. À la prochaine. Oh my God.